Hey guys, welcome to Bagging Boardcast, episode number 327. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. For a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you all the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of the comic books coming out January 4th, 2017. Ooh. We followed up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week it's time for our annual 2016 look back. We're going to be taking a look back at some of our favorite movies, comic books, and beer from the past year. The year and special, guys. Cheers. Yeah. Happy New Year, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We're recording. January 1st. Yeah. We're recording right on New Year, so as Chris said, this is great. Uh, we all uh, st- stayed up or, or slept, you know, either or, <laughs> because that's the only <laughs> two options. Do, you know. <laughs> as people do at night. Uh, and here we are, uh, day drinking. Day drinking. Uh, and Paul and I are enjoying a uh, another new XPA from the Woodcock Brothers. This is XPA 9.0. Uh, we got some new branding with mm-hmm. these uh, yeah. with these cans, which is I think a lot better than their old branding. I think they did the uh, the sticker on label a lot better too. It doesn't look like it's just going to peel off at any second. This is like uh, it's like they put the can in and then they shrink wrapped it on mm-hmm. versus like a sticker. Yeah. So it's like shrink wrap on there. Uh, and this is a 6.5 ABV uh, one pint can IPA. Uh, we've had 6, 7, and 8 on the show. This is number 9. So this is basically the same base IPA, and they keep changing up the hop formula with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think on the can they say what they're using, but they do list it online. Um, so you can keep track of what they're changing. They are, uh, I think every time they are using an experimental hop that doesn't have a name, it just has like a number mm. going with it. It's like B7-1291, like something like that. Um, and this is really good. This was canned on the 23rd of December. So it's about a Merry Christmas. week and a half old. Um, I drank this on... Uh, Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. The day after it was canned. The day after it was canned. Uh, it was good. This is better now. Hmm. And I have another, I have a can, and I gave Paul two cans, so he's drinking one of his cans, yep. I'm drinking one of my cans. Uh, I say wait till like next week or something and try it again. Okay. Um, but man, this is... This is a really good IPA. It has that nice upfront. Not, I don't get a big pop. It's that mid mid palate. Yeah, like right there. That's right after you swallow. Immediately after, it has that nice pop of that uh, that resiny hop. It's not the citrusy. It's definitely on the resin. Not quite pine. It, it, you know, if I were to have a scale, but it but still it's has got that nice. But it still has a little tropicaliness mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, uh, really, really enjoyable. Um, IPA, I like it. Uh, big gulps. Big gulps. I, yeah, to get any to get the flavor on it, you need to take the big. Gulps and we're drinking on it. out of cans, so you're mm-hmm. not getting any of that nose. You know, yeah. that when you're drinking out of glass, you get some of the the scent and everything coming in. Uh, I, I never like it. breathe it. Like people say that, right? Like, oh, you get the nose when you drink. I'm never breathing in while I'm drinking. Like I. I think it's I, just there. I don't know. I don't know what that means. So, oh, you get the aroma as you drink. No, I'm I'm not breathing through my nose as I'm drinking. I'm trying to drink. Do people like can people drink smell and 
swallow at the same time, or am I like a frog that can't I think have his eyes like open? There's olfactory presence there. You might not be hyper aware of it, but it's still something. Yeah, because usually, like as you're ta- about to take a thing, you probably take a breath in. Oh. I, I, I hold my breath the entire we'll time. I, when I don't want to drown. When we drink our next one, when we drink our next <laughs> okay. beer, we'll be drinking out of glasses and then we'll figure it out. Uh, but uh, nine, I think I like almost the most. I think mm-hmm. six, I like six, nine, seven, eight. I thought I like seven, the least eight. Which one was the danky one? The eight. dankest one was eight. Eight, I think I like the most. This would be my second most. Uh, and then six, and then seven. Because I think six had a nice fresher, like citrusy kind of thing to it, yeah. which was a lot better than their reg- their first XPA or something, or their or their IPA, their regular IPA. I wasn't a big fan of. They have a regular IPA, and then they have um, uh, it just ho- like they have Hoppycock, which is an unfiltered IPA, I haven't and I that. really like that one. Mm. Uh, but Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking another from my Ska Brewing sampler pack that I picked up the other day. And this is their ESB, their Extra Special Ale. Um, I was looking it up online. It actually says um, this was the second canned microbrew in the country after Ooh. Dale's Pale Ale. So this has been around for a while. Um, yeah, it's, it's a nice little bitter. Um, I chilled my beers today. Nice. One of them a little bit cooler. Um, it's very pleasant. I like it a lot. So, it, it says on the can, Fish Luau Golf Raft Toboggan Ska Can. I'm so surprised that this has been, can- you know, Ska Brewing is something I've never heard of until you started. Yeah, they're out of it. Um, Colorado, Durango, Colorado. And they're. The on the bottom of the website here. And they're as old as the Oscar, or Oscar Blues, or Dale's. Um, Oscar, let me look at right? the tale of Ska up here. They got... Oh, it doesn't say when they actually started. Okay. doesn't say on the cans either. Because it's Oscar... Who does it? Dale's is Oscar or something, Oscar right? Blues. Yeah, it's Oscar, Oscar Blues. Blues. Okay. Not Oscar Isaac. No. Not, no. Not. <laughs> to, to rehash a bad joke from last episode. <laughs> nah. Um, I, their beers are really drinkable. They're really, they're really good. Um, definitely hold a place in Bargatory. I don't think it's like anything like you need to run out and grab. Although I did like the milk stout a lot, but yeah, I have I have their modus operandi coming up later. I chilled off that one mm. and looking forward to drinking that because that's great. Just any time of day kind of IPA. I just like but, the but the bitter's not bad, man. But modus operandi is such a cool phrase. It is. It's really good. Normal operating procedure. I'm just kind of sad since, I mean, they are ska brewing. All their stuff has, like, a checkerboard pattern on it and, like, rude boys in suits. I'm surprised they didn't just call this, like, their extra specials ale because that'd be clever. Like, the band The Specials. Oh, okay. I their ska band. I wouldn't have gotten there. I'm glad you, you explained it. No, I, you like well, the Clash. I mean, the Specials are just, like, a small jump away from that. Oh, okay. I think you would enjoy the Specials. I might... Uh, Oscar Blues started in 2002, so I thought they were. I thought Oscar Blues was around a lot longer, and they're also out of Colorado. Colorado. So, they're like brothers, Scott and Oscar Blues. Uh, Dale's Pale Ale is the beer that made me go. I think I like hops. Hmm. Hmm. I don't remember like what it was that did it for me. I it was probably one of, should go back and listen to like all those earlier episodes where 
Paul and I didn't like copy stuff, but that's a lot of work, and <laughs> and we don't. We're not going to look that far back today. Uh, talking about looking back, so we name episodes after something one of us say in the right. show. One of my favorites this just happened last week with Fortress of Darthitude. I was so proud of myself. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> we'll pull up one more with that. Uh, so I went through and I I, oh, I looked at how many came from what one of us had said. And there are, I gave a couple half points for things that were kind of somebody like high-pitched murmur. Paul did a high-pitched murmur, but I said high-pitched murmur. Okay. So that's a half point for us. Okay, half point each. That's fair. Uh, right. So do we want to... I'm going to let you guys take a guess on... Did we have full... Uh, every episode this year had a name? Just about. Okay. Um, there was one or two where we just said, like, uh, but Visiting we, Chris, hmm. uh, Super Bowl, you yeah, know. Right, right. The Super, standards. You know. But is it, we, we... This... Because I forgot when exactly we started actually naming the episodes instead of this just saying. entire year. Okay, was all named episodes. Wow, we started I think last year or the tail end of 2014, something like that. And how many episodes total were there? Uh, all right. I'm sorry. Say... We, well, we missed a couple weeks. I know we missed. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I'm like 40, 38. I'm thinking I'm thinking we're around 41. If we hit 42, I'll be happy. Because I'll be like, oh, that's that's great. 42. 42 episodes a year, that's for free. That's an amazing number. And also, it's just, you know, the answer. Did you ask? How's it going there, John? <laughs> yeah, I got, I got 28. 28? <laughs> we did more than 28. No, episodes. but there were episodes where we didn't have actual, like, oh. title titles for them. Okay. You know? And then there's... It's like the not episodes. Half, uh... You know what? I should just go to feed burner and look at the feed. Uh, so anyway, so out of twenty, uh, twenty eight is what I have okay. added up. Okay. So out of twenty eight, out of twenty eight, I think I have. I'm going to say eleven. Did this. you see my paper? No. All right. But I, I was guessing about a little over a third. <laughs> you know, a little, not quite half, but a little over a third were me. Chris, how many Chris, do you think you have? I, I have no idea, honestly. I don't pay attention to the podcast at all. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know I'm here half the time. Uh, so Paul had 12 and a half. Okay. 12 and a half points. ones. Uh, I had eight, which gave me... I got the eight because I had two half points. Hmm. Uh, Chris had seven and a half. Nice. So Paul really in the front runner with saying stupid shit on the show. <laughs> Paul yeah. also names all the episodes, though. Like he's well, responsible for. I type them in, the titles. but we all agree upon it. <laughs> yeah, we all. There's not a time where one of us isn't going. Yeah, no, that should be the title name. Uh, okay, it looks like it started back when uh, on uh, January nineteenth, two thousand fifteen, when we named the episode "John's Left Foot." <laughs> Is our first named episode, uh, and then I will have to. Listeners, can you tell we don't have any news this week? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. There's Normally we do the Week in Geek here, but we just recorded two days ago. Nothing's really happened. Yeah, and also, you know, sometimes it's nice to just do a little behind the scenes, a little little state of the podcasting, you know, state of the show. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I'm going to count these. You guys can talk news if there is any, and I'm going to count. No, we, we, are just, oh, we just said we have no news. <laughs> okay, then let's get into the books as I count. 
Uh, well, are you ready to go into our next beer, Paul? <laughs> no, I want to count. <laughs> so, yeah, let's go into our next beer. So our next beer is Sidecar from Sierra Nevada. Ooh. Uh, this is an orange pale ale. This is an ale brewed with orange peel and natural flavors added. Uh, 5.3% packaged on 12.7. And I don't think it's very good. No. It's, um... It's malty. It's malty, yeah. It's... Uh, I don't get orange. I get a little citrusness on the back end. no orange on the nose, it's definitely that orange, that like marmalade orange peel without the sweetness, like that really intense bitter orange. Like the thing that I hated as a kid when my when I would go over to my parents' house, my grandparents' house, and they'd be like, "Oh, here's a special treat for you, toast with marmalade." It's like, why do grandparents not know what sweet is? Just you know, like jelly, yeah, jelly. <laughs> like it's a special treat. This has a lot of sugar in it. You'll love it, kid. And you're like, no, this is gross, Grandma. It's kind of mouth drying. Mm-hmm. It it's staring is... at <laughs> it. You know what? But I'm not like getting any. I'm getting malt dry mouth, mm-hmm. not like hoppy dry mouth. And there's times when I've had like the hoppy dry mouth when it's like that was so hoppy. I run my tongue against the roof of my mouth, and all I feel is like just my my taste buds just raw little nerves. This is just, it's its not very good. I'm glad I didn't pay for it. One of my salesmen gave me this because it was one of their new things coming out. Uh, yeah. Not that great. 326. Krista, do you have a chance to open your next one? Yeah, like I said before, this is the Modus Hopper Endyme. Also from Sky Brewing. Um, it's been a little while since I've had this. It, I can't remember when I bought my first sampler pack. I think it was probably about two months ago. Um but having this chilled, you definitely get more of that pine from the the hops. But it's good. I, I like this. It still stands at a 3.5. That's why I checked into it at before. It's not quite at that Sierra Nevada level of pininess, but it's it's very drinkable. I, I appreciate it. I would still probably stick to something like Founders All Day IPA, though, just as a, um, like a go-to. So I don't have a lot to say about it. No, it's fine. But hey, on on the can it says walk, kite, recycle, hide, seek, plant, recycle, grow, shower, HHH, which I'm assuming is a reference to the wrestler Triple H, tube, and recycle. They put words on the top of their cans. I don't know why, but I thought it was worth noting. Okay, guys, I, I have the count. We did 38 episodes. Okay. And then nine not or and and special, you know, either not or a special episode. So for a total of forty-seven episodes. So honestly, we only missed, you know, five weeks. Yeah, it's not bad. Out of a full year. Uh, and like honestly, like three of those weeks were at the end of the year too, just because of my work schedule, pretty much. Yeah, and, and you know, we had the not epi- the special behind the scenes episode that came out, so we only really missed two there. You know, for the end of the year, I feel pretty good. State of the podcast. Do staying strong. Yeah, not bad. Still doing it, guys. Yep. Hey, for all these years. Uh, there was also a special episode of the Super Bowl 2016 that that was not n- numbered <laughs> for some reason. 
Uh, I would have to say that my favorite of the episode titles was Paul Rudd's Rudd. <laughs> uh, yeah. But let's get into the books that we are looking forward to coming out January 4th, 2017. And yeah, Paul... First book day of the, of the new year. Yeah, and Paul, what are you looking forward to? Oh, that is a great question. I used to have it up on Comixology, and then I started buying books on Comixology. So let me get back. Oh, right, it's Hawkeye, number two! Because <laughs> I bought it already, pre-purchased. Uh, this is uh, being written by Kelly Thompson who was doing A-Force for Marvel for a little while. She did do a special issue of Lumberjanes. Uh, so I'm more, so she's still relatively new. She's just done one hits, one uh, issues here and there. A little one-off, so... And this is I'm Clint a, is Hawkeye? No, this is uh, Girl Hawkeye. Girl Hawkeye. Yeah. Yes, it's Kate. Kate, Kate Bishop. Because when, uh... Oh, there, there's a cool title on the... Uh, the uh, issue? Uh, on the issue, like it says, when uh, there's don't look at me and make hand gestures. You have a computer in front of <laughs> I'm you. I'm trying Just to look it, it up because it's pre-purchased, so I don't know how to get to there. In your eyes, though, <laughs> that's what was happening. You make, he was just going to describe are. it to me. Like yes. I'm supposed to know when he can just look it up. No, I can't just look it up because it's not here anywhere yet. Because I don't. Uh, number yet. one, I think what we uh, we picked last month to uh, one of us, either Paul or Chris. I think maybe you actually. Picked I, I think it. I picked it, and I just I didn't get a chance to actually pick it up. Yeah, and uh, we um, we all are big fans. Matt Fraction really made these characters shine. Even though most you guys were fans of the character from Young Young Avengers, mm-hmm. Matt Fraction really solidified this character to us. And, uh, yeah, I think we're all interested in checking out Kate Bishop's story that is being told. Yeah, she's a yeah. PI in uh, did, you, did you find the, the cover Beach. yet, Paul? No. Okay, I have it here. It says, Work Trouble Lurks, Bishop Works. And there it is. <laughs> what are you doing on there? I'm trying to find it. You are doing shit. <laughs> Do you try doing the search and put in Hawkeye? No. <laughs> like, that was smart. I always forget there's search options on websites <laughs> that aren't Google. Chris, how easy was it for you to find that? Um, I just have the uh, Comicsology Pullist website bookmarked because I use it every week for actually planning out what books I'm going I kept to buy. On and clicking on number for one. this for the list. Uh, Here it is. So I basically just went to that and then went to my Pullist and found Hawkeye number two. Yeah, so it was pretty easy. Yeah, I don't know what you were clicking and typing over there that you weren't doing what you were supposed to be doing. The one for number three says, The Hate for Kate Escalates. Ooh. <laughs> Unison ooze. <laughs> Uh, and I am looking forward to. Uh, you got I'm your book out for this because I'm gonna have to change. No, no, no. It's it's just the. Just I'm it. looking. I I'm looking forward to the fall and rise of Captain Adam. Uh, this is a new number one. This is written by uh, Carrie Bates and Greg Weissman. Um, art by uh, Will Conrad, and I guess. Captain Adam has fallen off the planet. Nobody knows what it is. And this is what's happened to Captain Adam in this time. And he's coming back? Question Captain Adam's just one of those characters that I can never really get into. And, and, and I'm hoping that this is one of those things that, like, hey, you know what? He was there. Uh, I, think, I feel like he's always there. And then, like, 
his big thing in any story he's in is exploding. And then <laughs> yes. it's like, oh, well, Captain Adam's gone now. Like, that should just be the first page of any DC, like, crossover book. <laughs> just so they can get that guy off the table. Because nobody, nobody cares. cares. Nobody cares. Uh, so, I was, I'm interested. Uh, so that's why I'm doing this. I'm not going to be kicking down doors. I'm 22 gonna... pages of dude exploding. <laughs> that's... So the cover, the cover is him exploding too. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, you looking that one up too? <laughs> no, I'm. I'm, uh, I'm uh, doing orange, the orange pale ale from uh, side for Sierra Nevada, the side character, so I can rate it a very low number. Uh, yeah, so this is what I'm looking forward to. We'll probably be reviewing it, unless it's really bad. But if it's really bad, we'll probably review it, because we want to talk about how bad it is. Uh, so look forward to our review of The Fall and Rise of Captain Atom. And it's two ninety nine for the book, too. That's what sold me on this. Two ninety nine for this issue. It might be really good. Uh, and it might be one of those things that it's so well written, or it gives you the really, breaks down the character and lets you know about this guy that you actually like him and then and then he's dead and then you're like man uh anywho chris your yes, book i'm chris your book um the book you, i'm looking for actually book? came out last week so mm-hmm. i have it in front of me and this is love is love and this was an exclusive put out by idw entertainment and dc comics with the proceeds going to the families of those who were killed or injured in the Orlando Pulse nightclub shooting um, down here a couple months ago now. Um, it's actually, like, all-star talent. Uh, it's written and drawn by various people, all doing, like, special two-page stories. Um, $10, but there's also a bunch of exclusive digital-only content, which I think is cool that they're doing stuff for the digital readers because you're not getting that actual physical copy. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't know this book came out until, like, right now mm-hmm. um, and you know I, I think it's important um, I know people that were actually in the nightclub the night that everything went down and they're still recovering from it they themselves were changed and um, lost people there too so it's it was a crazy night I could actually hear the sirens from my apartment because it was only like 10 minutes away from where I live here in Orlando Um but yeah, I, I think it's good that the comic book companies are kind of banding together to do something for this. Um, especially even like, I don't want to say so long after it's happened, but like, it's it's important work. And this was all started and thought up by uh, comic book writer Mark Andrako, who you may know uh, from doing the Manhunter book starring Kate Spencer at mm-hmm. DC a couple of years ago. And yeah. Kate Spencer being a uh, gay character. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, so I don't know. It's something that I wanted to pick up, and maybe we'll talk about it for a look back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm definitely. kind of excited. You know, I'm surprised that I haven't seen more push for this, like on Amazon. You know, because uh, it was Christmas season, so I've been on Amazon a lot. Begnaboard.com uh, slash Amazon, but you know they didn't. You know, Comicsology is owned by Amazon. And I and they do have suggested reads for me, like oh, you buy comic books, so here, you know, and and this did not pop up, and I thought that maybe they would push this a little bit more. Uh, love is love. I didn't know about it until you talked about it. Oh, yeah. yeah, you talked about it right before we started recording. Oh, I wasn't listening then. I think he put it on the. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was making a joke, much like Chris made a joke about not letting. I think there was a thing uh, there. I think this that it, it really is nice. It's kind of like when I mean with nine eleven and Marvel mm-hmm. did all those nine eleven books. You know, it's something that you know it might not be as big as nine eleven, but it still is very impactful, and it's impactful a little more for like Paul and I because we're you know Chris is our best friend and he knew people and he kind of lived through that, so it kind of touches us in that way that hey, you know it. I think it's more impactful for Chris. No, it's definitely... And what I'm saying is, it's not something that I just kind of glaze over. It's something that Chris and I and you, we had a conversation about when it happened. Mm -hmm. And it's something now that we're having another conversation about it. So it's still, it's not something that just happened across the country for the two of us. Right. It's something that happened to a friend, you know, to a friend's friend, to Mm -hmm. something like that. So it, it has a little more meaning to us and maybe... Someone who's listening, it might have a little more connection to them because they they actually knew somebody that yeah. might have been in that room. Exactly. And, you know, like during nine eleven, I remember being in the student union of Canisius, uh, the college I was going to. I was a freshman, and just remembering people that had fa- that have family. They grew up in New York City. They are from New York City. Like seeing, watching it on the news and rushing out to try to get cell reception to call their family, and nobody could get. A call into New York City at the time because all the sale lines were jammed and like how emotional everybody was on campus that day. Like, so I, I can only imagine how it was like that day of and then the day after in Orlando. Like, we're hundreds of miles away from New York City, but you know, when you're surrounded by people that are being affected, it's it just causes a whole, you know, a mood, a whole cloud to be cast over. So. Yeah, and it, I mean, honestly, like the next day at work, it was hard because people didn't show up and you didn't know if, like, everyone was okay. And, like, you're trying to, like, call out to people's emergency contacts and yeah. they're saying, no, they're fine. Like, they just, they're rattled. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, a, it was a tough day. Yeah. I think, um, we had five people working at my store the next day. And my store is pretty big. Um, the company I work for, it's, a pretty mass market retailer and like we it was just a normal day for us like pe- we were like, extremely busy and people are getting upset and like pushy that there's nobody working on the sales floor and it's like we we don't know where half of our employees are like you need to calm down like you can't buy your t-shirt sorry it's taking you a little bit longer that's not stuff you can say out loud to people mm-hmm. yeah well actually at our business it was more so because of San Bernardino you know because that was an office we actually, and then, you know, almost right, you know, the Orlando thing, you know, the Orlando attack happened. We had to completely rework our emergency. Uh, no, I'll drink it. Uh, our emergency protocols, like, for that reason of, like, it's, what if people don't want to check in? Like, what yeah. happens then? Okay, so we're going to make a call line saying, okay, when you're ready, call this number so we know you're okay. Like, we're going to call you after an event, and then hopefully you pick up. But if you don't, we're going to ask you to call into a number just to check in just so people know. Right. Yeah. You know? um, it, I That week, I had to go over, like, our store safety routines again and say, like, hey, in case of an active shooter, this is, like, our lockdown location and do all this. and. Yeah. It was hard to do, you know, yeah. like to talk to people. It's like, hey, in case there's a shooter here, this is what we're gonna do because you don't think that kind of thing. Yeah, I it, those are the worst meetings I've had to kind of run, and 
just because I, it's just looking at people being like, if something happens, there's because people want to guarantee, like during those meetings, that there's a plan in place that will keep them 100% safe. And that yeah. meeting that you have with people, you're letting them know, no, during these situations of de- deadly violent behavior, because we no longer call it active shooting because it doesn't take a shooter. It could be somebody with a knife. It could be somebody with an explosive. It It's no longer, you know, we've seen attacks with cars now. Like, it's not, you, shooting doesn't matter. Deadly Active deadly behaviors... You know, somebody that comes in wanting to cause mass terror and just want to kill as many people as possible. It's, there's, I can't guarantee that I, we, we have plans in place to keep you safe. We can only do the best with that we can. And it's really the emphasis on, is on each individual to try to keep themselves as safe as possible to make those judgment calls. And you try to give them tools and resources to try to, you know, so they can make the best decision for themselves as possible. But you're just looking at them, and they're glazing over, realizing the fact that during this world that we live in, like we, there's no guarantee. Safety yeah. is not safety is no longer a right. It's not a birthright for anybody. You have to do do your own part to keep yourself safe. And then when you go into work, you you don't assume that that's that should be an issue. But now. Now it is a question. It's it's open, and it's and it sucks to have those meetings and explain that to people because they don't want to hear it, and then they blame you for not keeping them safe. And you're like, I look, I can't. Like, what can we do? I get what the fire extinguishers checked. <laughs> I, we have security. We have this. We have this in we place. Can only do so much. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. That's those. Yeah, those suck. All right, happy notes. <laughs> uh, no, and it's something that will... I'm going to drink the rest of this beer you wanted to take away from me, John. I need it now. Thanks for letting me relive this shit. You have to introduce the next beer and spill beer on your keyboard. Oh, he's spitting it into his glass. Nope, right. I'm all right. He's all right. I'm all right. I'm just glad you didn't puke again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> take a pause. I guess we could take a pause. You know, we got a rather emotional. I, ha- I have to finish this beer and then get my other one. Yeah. Well, we still have other. We have a dramatic reading and then we, we should saw do our. Dramatic re- yeah. Yeah. Oh. And now we bring you a dramatic reading from Action Comics, issue 965, page 3, panel 3. What up, girl? Girl? Steve Lombard. Neanderthal in any universe. You really want to start the day with an HR report, Steve? And that was a dramatic reading from Action Comics, 965, page 3, panel 3. Such a douchebag. He's wearing, like, biking unitard or whatever you call it. Well, he, he... He's a sports reporter, so he biked into work. Uh, it makes me think of, um... The IT crowd, when they were pulled up and the boss is in his exact same outfit giving them a pep talk. I don't know if you remember that, Chris. I don't. It's been a while since I've watched that. Mm. I don't remember it because I've never seen it. Uh, I'm not good at remembering things that happened more than a year ago. <laughs> it's probably because we uh, drink too much. I'm sorry. I'm your oh. best friend. It's a couple weeks. 
I don't remember. You told me that yesterday, you son of a bitch. I don't remember that. Should have put it down in the Google Doc. We could Very show them. <laughs> or you hey. should check into it on Untapped. Which will bring us to our next batch of beers that we have. Uh, Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm going back to one that I had back on episode number 325, or if you listen... You know, daily, because why wouldn't you? Uh, it's the episode that came out, like, three days ago. Um, this is the Dogfish Head beer for breakfast. Um, I enjoyed it a bit. I put it in the refrigerator today, though, because I wanted to see how cooling it down kind of muted some of the, like, that smokiness that was on it. Um, it's still quite good. You still get that, the, um, the scrapple taste. You can really taste the pork byproducts with the uh, whey or whatever else it was mixed with. I don't remember, John. <laughs> um, sawdust. I think it's sawdust. sawdust. Oh, yeah, it's sawdust. Like cornmeal, uh, flour, some... or barley. Yeah, it was stuff and like pig drippings. Um, only thing like, <laughs> chill, chilling this kind of dulls out the chocolateness on the back end of it. Um, it has like a little bit of a lingering chocolate malt on it. But it's not so much bam in your face now, and the coffee kind of like smokiness is really gone from the beginning. It's basically like a fake bacon taste up front, mm-hmm. which is still good, uh, and then it just like really mellows out into a malt flavor with like that little bit of like I'm, I'm trying to think like it's still a sweetness, but it's like a dark bitter chocolate on it that just kind of carries through. Okay. I, so you liked it better warmer? Is what I think you... I like this one a little bit better warmer, even though it's not as crisp. Um, it's just more of the flavor comes out when it's warm, which, I mean, is, it's fairly common, but Especially cooling something... it down didn't mute the flavors that I wanted it to. Gotcha. Because mm. I would want just a hint of the bacon. I wouldn't want all that bacon, because I ate a lot of fake bacon. Back when I was a vegetarian. Yes. Yeah, like the other four bottles I have um, in my beer closet, they're going to hang out there until I decide to drink them. Uh, we're drinking 50-50 Brewing Company's Eclipse Series 10th release edition. And this is their Imperial Stout brewed with honey. This has nothing else to it. This isn't the, like lavender or... This is uh, barrel-aged in 12-year-old Elijah Craig bourbon barrels. Ah. Uh, this is, I believe, the 2016 version. Yes. Paul and I drank the 2015. Um, we drank the High West bourbon, and then we drank the Woodford Reserve bourbon air aged one. Mm-hmm. Um, Woodford Rever- Re- Reserve, uh, a favorite of ours for bourbon. It's yes. a very good bourbon. Um, we weren't blown away. No. Especially for the price. I was given this um, a gift from my crazy aunt um, for Christmas, which I... <laughs> Ooh, here's a gift. Uh, actually, really relatively a nice gift from her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I kind of... $25 like, right there. When, uh, yeah, when I was given that, it's kind of like... Hmm. Thank you for splitting this Christmas gift with me. Uh, Mazatov. Yeah. And... Uh, It's really. You threw him off with the chew top ball. <laughs> it's it's actually happy Annika. It's actually really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I remember not being blown away at all by yeah. the 2015s. Plus knowing that two bottles cost fifty dollars. Yeah. Uh, 
This plus the, deposit. <laughs> screw you, ten cents. This, on the other hand, has the flavors that I'm looking for in a barrel aged beer, mm-hmm. and I was going in with no expectations of what I'm going to get from this, and I get a nice 11% imperial stout. I get that nice barrelness. I get that bourboniness. It works on a whole. This beer. Mm-hmm. This is good. Yeah, this is a very well-balanced bourbon age. And it's 2016, which I'm surprised that it hasn't had a year to mellow out. It, but it isn't... Maybe I'm feeling it a little bit in my head, but I'm definitely not feeling it when I'm drinking it. I don't have that, like I like to call, Dragon's Express. Yeah, you know, it's I, really it's smooth, smooth going down. It's not... I don't get the high alcohol. But also, I think we've really become accustomed to that. Mm. Because I feel like on oh, occasion, we have asbestos throat. I, I I feel on occasion when I tell people like oh it's really smooth duh, 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 and then they have it they're like it's not that smooth. <laughs> so I think that's something just we've gotten used to. Just gonna throw that out there. We um, we can basically drink rubbing alcohol and we'd be like <laughs> smooth. Like on my like I just took a sip on my tongue. It's le- it's left a layer of that richness. <laughs> Of that velvety barrel, stouty, bourbony. Yeah. This is having this. I can understand spending the money. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to because yeah, right. again, there is better. There is better barrel aged yeah. beers out there for a cheaper price. KBS. At most, I paid what twenty bucks for a four pack, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, and I think it's. Just as good, if not better, than this straight out of the bottle. So, uh, but it is. I think it's a it's a it's a game whether or not you're going to pick one up that actually is good well, because we had two that mm-hmm. weren't that great. And Woodward Reserve is a bourbon we love. We were really looking forward to that, yeah. and we didn't get much between the two. We drink. Did we drink the two in the same day? I think so. This one. I was really, I was very pleasantly surprised. Again, I would probably tell someone not to buy this, but having it given as a gift, I think it's a yeah. nice gift. <laughs> so if you got it for Christmas and you heard our last review of these series and you're like, oh, I should just probably trash this now, don't. Take a sip. <laughs> and like I said, it's fr- I mean, it's a fresh bottle. Like, it's 2016s. It's It's nice. Uh, and what else is nice? The things that have happened in 2016. Some of the things that happened yeah. in 2016. Listen, I don't know about you, but I loved all the celebrity deaths. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Uh, that's not true. I'm not running with it. I thought about <laughs> it. Starting 2017 off a little bit more positive. I'm not going to. Uh, But let's get into our look back on 2016. All right. And this is something that we try to do every year. Uh, This time we've pared down a little bit. We're talking about the top three movies, the top three comic books, and the top three beers that we had. Plus, as an added bonus, maybe we'll talk about a brewery that uh, really we want to shine shine a light on uh, from 2016. So... 
Uh, I think we talked about it before the show. We're going to start with movies, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, we're going to okay. do movies first. And apparently John knows what movies I'm picking. <laughs> yeah. I, I wrote down for both of you guys what movies you were going to pick. Because John, if you listen back to our original episodes, was our movie guy. He was the movie guy. He had his own segment. I had my own segment. <laughs> that we never watched any of the movies Paul, from. No, that Paul we just completely... <laughs> no, there, there are a few I didn't watch, too, in Paul's defense. <laughs> There's some movies that I'll watch well, on Fast Forward, that, like Blood the so, Vampire and Human Centipede. I like you no. watch Human Centipede. I know on Fast Forward. Two <laughs> X that Chris, shit, man. I, I have to say, Chris and I had a ball watching Human Centipede the first, like, watching it because we just laughed the whole time and made fun of it. Mm-hmm. And then when we tried to watch Human Centipede two, it was like, oh god, why this is <laughs> yeah. awful. It's so funny, but it's just Human Centipede. Human Centipede is when I realized that if I was in a horror movie, I would just off myself early. <laughs> like, when she escapes and gets into the swimming pool, I'm like, just drown yourself. Just drown yourself. Just start breathing in water. It's better than anything that's going to happen to you for the rest of this movie. Like, drowning is the best case scenario for you right now. Just do it. So me, I'm like the parents at the beginning of 28 Days Later. Like, just take a couple sleeping pills and leave a note saying, if you ever wake, please, son, don't wake up, ever. Like, 2016. 2016. 2016. That sums it up. Don't wake up in 2016. So let's do our our number three favorite movie of uh, of the year, and we'll throw this to Paul. Oh, uh, I have to say that number three was really tough for me because, guys, I went to see like eight movies at the theater this year. <laughs> Get out of here! I know that's almost one movie per month. It does help that there is a cheap theater now right around the corner from you. It does. Three dollars for a movie ticket, and they got two dollars for popcorn. The recliners, and they got the recliners. Uh, In fact, I went to see one of these movies because I was so excited about it, and I was inviting everybody to go with me to see it. But everybody else had plans or lived, you know, states and states away. Uh, Chris, you live so far away, (laughs) I couldn't go see this movie with you. But. I was invited along to see this movie a month before we went to see it, and I had to make the choice right then to write that. And uh, I had a lot of fun, and this probably makes my number three spot because of the experience of going to see it with everybody. We went out for dinner first, then we went to get dessert, and I had a lot of fun with everybody. And this is uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, that's Yep, it's on there. It, it, was it number just three? Like it. Or? I just wrote them down. Oh, there was okay. no order. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. Uh, this, you know, really neck and neck with, uh, Doctor Strange, actually. Um, and also, what was the, Zootopia was pretty good. There's a lot of that I'm now spoiling that didn't make my list. <laughs> but number three was the hardest for me to choose, just because I'm like, oh. And I think the movie was fun. Uh, it was a little Doctor Who-ish, I thought. But the uh, but what really brought it over the top was going to see it with a nice large group of people. John, I'm, I'm so thankful that your your now wife, the present wife, uh, yep. invited me along to go see, and I had a lot of fun like getting drinks beforehand with you, even though the beers were stale. Oh, the beers were awful. They were awful. I really liked having a Moscow meal with you at the bar, waiting for everybody to show up. I really enjoyed dinner with everybody, and then like it just set me in the right mood and right mind frame for that movie. If I saw that movie in any other mind frame, like if I just wanted to see it, you were able to turn off the Paul. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what happened. Oh my goodness! Thank you. You guys turned off the Paul. I was just ready to enjoy the movie. 
I just was. Like, I had cheesecake with uh, my bridesmaid, like, right beforehand. <laughs> it was just nice. It was just a nice overall experience. I was ready to see it. If I went to see it, like, in complete palm mode, like, I would be like, oh, this is kind of goofy and doofy. This isn't where Harry Potter left us, like, how dark and grim it became. There's the war. It's the Battle of Hogwarts. People are dying left and right. Fred lost an ear. George is dead. Hey, spoilers. I was going to say Fred lost George. Basically. <laughs> uh, and an ear. <laughs> this is, you know, Molly is gone. After this movie, she was the heart of the whole franchise. She was... No, Molly doesn't die. No. Uh, Tonks? Tonks dies, and she was with child. No, she had this. They had her son. Well, yeah, oh, okay. In, but in in the book, she gives birth to oh, okay. the child. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not Tonks that dies. It's Lupin that dies. Oh my goodness. They both they die. both die together. What? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm. I. Kane wow. and I just watched spoil a movie that came out like five years that ago. you've seen <laughs> that we reviewed. I know. No, I just haven't. I haven't read the books before the movies came out, and then I haven't rewatched part two, like, since. Oh, like, yeah, part two is all death. Kate and I just watched part one uh, last night. You know what gets... Uh, the Tonks, the Fred, all that stuff gets... What gets me is at the end, when he is like, uh... Elvis Severus mm-hmm. Potter. You were named after the two best... I, I get yeah. emotional now. You were named after the two best headmasters. I... When watching that's part- it. Like that's mm-hmm. you're I'm named fan after of the eyes, guys. A fan of the eyes. <laughs> you're named after the bravest man I've ever known. And I pause. Like when we're watching part one, I just pause the movie. I'm like Snape. Look at look at this dinner scene when they're around the table and they have the one professor there being like tortured, being tortured. And Snape just walks in and just like he's the only one that meets uh, the Dark Lord in the eye, Lord Voldemort in the eye, and actually tells him straight up. No, they're moving on Saturday. No. Everything else you hear is bullshit and lies. I'm telling you the truth. Even though he's playing everybody at that table, everybody else is like, oh, you want my wand? I'm I'm not even here. I I didn't hear you ask for a wand. Please don't look at me, Lord Voldemort. Like, Snape just walks in the room like a badass boss. And he's the only one hiding shit. Yeah, he's, yeah. Everybody else is there because they need to be there. He's the one that actually has like, an, emotional, an emotional conscience. <laughs> like, shit to hide and, like, could be found out. And he walks in. Oh, I'm like, I pause the movie. I'm like, Kate, he's the only one there. Like, <laughs> all right, this is not okay. about Harry Potter. <laughs> but you see, like, that emotional, that emotional intensity isn't really there in Fantastic Beasts. It's a new world. It's a it's, it's a new world, and I applaud it for being a little bit brighter and a little bit more fun at the beginning mm-hmm. because I think it's it's going to have to go down that road. Yeah. Just because this is being painted amidst the backdrop of World War One, like the Wizarding World and the Muggle or Nomad World, as we're introduced to it as in, uh, the North Americas of Wizarding. America. They're very they're very much aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, things are going to get rough real quick now that we have the darkest wizard before Voldemort, Grindelwald, out and about. So I think there's still going to be like a fair amount of just like whimsy to it. But hats off to uh, everything they did with Newt's commander because yeah, it, it very much is a Doctor Who 
wizarding movie. Mm-hmm. And I have this one written down. I don't know if it's going to be on my list. Because mm. Chris, I, have four I was like, John was ready with his pen. He, he was. I, I heard it click uh, as he pulled up the clipboard. Um, I'm okay with placing this as my number three. So, John, was yep. this one of the ones I was going to yep. pick? Okay. Check mark. <laughs> I, I love the Harry Potter movies. I love the Harry Potter books. I just love the general Harry Potter universe. And I think this is a great addition to it. And I can see this being one of those movies, much like the original HP flicks, where I go back to it annually and rewatch it. And I'm looking forward to this being something of a new annual tradition because I can now have something reliably to go to the theaters to partake of. Um, especially because going into this, it's all fresh. It's not like the actual Harry Potter movies where you know where the movie's going to go because you have that roadmap of the books. Yeah. This this we don't know, and we're in uncharted territory. I just think that's awesome and also a lot of fun because we haven't had that before. Uh, this is probably going to be... It's probably my... Uh, in my top five, uh, definitely movies of the year. Uh, I really enjoyed it. The a little bit of the ending kind of took me out of the movie, and I thought it was kind of okay. They're doing this, blah blah blah, kind of an ending. Where I think they could have done, I think they could have had a better ending. Not being, I don't know. I don't want to say cliche, but it just seemed like it was kind of a do to do kind of ending. Um, that I saw coming from the beginning of the movie. But I think it's an excellent movie. Top five of the year. Uh, but my number three is going to be The New Guys. The written and directed oh, by Shane see, Black. I, this looked a lot of fun and I didn't see it. And that's all on me. Uh, Wait, is Shane Black the guy that did Iron Man 3? Yes. He and Kiss also, Kiss Bang Bang? Uh, I believe so. He also did uh, one of my favorite movies, Monster Squad. Uh, he wrote that. <laughs> Uh, but this stars Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Russell Crowe is the guy you hire to get your money back or to do something. He's kind of uh, he's not a hitman, but he'll break your arm. Uh, okay. With so an enforcer, he's an enforcer with a conscience. Ryan Gosling is a little bit of a ne'er do well detective who wants to do the right thing, but will always do what is necessary to keep surviving for him. Uh, And these two guys team up after Russell Crowe has broken Ryan Gosling's arm uh, because he's an enforcer and that was what he's paid to do. Uh, They team up to solve this crime. It's a fun, hard-boiled detective story. I really, really liked it. I loved everything about it. I'm a hard-boiled detective fan. I love film. You're Richard, Richard Parks Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite book series right now. Uh, Maltese Falcon. Um, all of the... Uh, Sam Spade. Yeah. Um, you know, Long Kiss Goodnight. Like, all those things. I love those. I'll read them over and over again. I love watching the movies. This hit Angels a, with Dirtier Souls. This hit a niche with that gritty detective, fun 70s, just out there. It... It made me laugh, and it also hit my noir niche. And hmm. it's one of those movies that I would gladly sit down and watch again. And that's kind of where I go from on this list is where and when I would sit down and have to watch it again. 
Oh, I'm, I'm excited to watch Fantastic Beast once it hits the cheap seats with Kate. Yeah. I think it already came and went. No, no. It's, yep. I feel like it, it had to have. That movie no. came out, like, last month. It's still it's still in theaters. Two months ago. Is it really? Yeah. Do you know it's... that I sit at the break room and I look across and see what's playing at McKinley? <laughs> I've been looking at McKinley every week. I'm pretty sure Fantastic Beats came and went. No, not yet. All right. No, this is still like on top of things, and, like, it's mm-hmm. in there, like, a week after it actually, like, releases... Uh, so, Chris, this comes to you for your number two. Okay. Um, my number two. Uh, I'm going to head over to the Disney side of things with the animated feature of Zootopia. Oh, okay. Was that I, on the list? It was my number four. I scratched that out to put Fantastic Beasts, but I had Jungle Book on, so I thought you were going to uh, go with Jungle, Jungle Book. Jungle Book was a close, a close number four. Four or five. Okay, because um, I love that uh, that movie immensely. But ultimately, I really appreciate what Zootopia did, and I think this is what made me not like Zoo. Uh, I'm sorry, Moana so much is this movie was just something new. It was something fresh. Mm-hmm. It's Disney going back to the talking anthropomorphic animals. What's not to love about that? And also, it introduced one of my new favorite Disney characters with Nick Wilde. <laughs> um, he's just such a shyster. I love him. Jason Bateman, uh, right? Jason yeah. Bateman, yeah. And he just plays the role so well. Uh, Judy Hopps, I love her. I'm just always trying and just trying to be more than like what basically life is telling her she can be. I think this is everything that a Disney animated movie should be and kind of what we were raised on in the 90s with just like the now kind of golden age of Disney movies with like stuff like Aladdin, Little Mermaid, and Beauty and the Beast, where it's like, no, like you, you can be more. Uh, I, I think it's awesome that we kind of got back to that with the recent batch of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, without being too like reverent of what happened like way before. And I think that's what Moana's sublink block was: is it was too referential to everything else. Well, Zootopia kind of was like, no, we're going to do our own thing. We're going to play by our own rules. And it was just a lot of fun. And also, it's a caper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it, was, it was a fun mystery. Uh, <clears throat> I love seeing it play out. And this is one of those movies I'm going to constantly go back to. This is one that on our, our flight from Europe back home, hmm. uh, Caitlin had watched. Um, and then... Maybe a couple weeks later, I was like, oh, it's on Netflix. Like, I'd really mm-hmm. like to watch it. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's watch it again. I'm down. Where on the plane ride, we also had the option to watch Jungle Book. And she was like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Zootopia is a lot more fun. Like, Jungle Book's great. The effects in it are absolutely <clears throat> fantastic. And I I will go back and rewatch that. But man, Zootopia just, it's got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I would agree. It's it is it is definitely fun. It makes it makes you feel, but it's not like hardcore makes you feel. Yeah. Uh, the story is good in it, and uh, yeah, this was number one. This was the number one movie I wrote down for you, Chris. Okay, but I took off for Jungle well, Book, <laughs> Fantastic Beasts, and Question Mark. <laughs> question, question Mark. Are you just saying that because you don't want to release it, or yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, okay. I don't know. I, I think I would enjoy, you know, I had, like we talked last episode, Jungle Book on, oh, it might not have been on the show, 
But I was starting we to watch talk about it. Jungle yeah, Book on the back end. Uh, just you know, while I was cleaning house, and I think I would enjoy, I think I'll enjoy Jungle Book more than I enjoyed Zootopia. Like Zootopia was great. It just you know, uh, it was definitely I, I felt like it was a little hamfisted with its message of you know prejudice. Yeah, uh, it just it was, it was definitely big, it was big and present. But also, it's something that it it's it needs to be. It's a story that to, needs to tell. It, it yeah. needs to be taught to the kids again. Yeah. Everything like those Disney movies kind of gave you what you need for that time, and it's timeless of teaching your kids those things. Mm-hmm. Where this is a new thing that you need to teach people. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah, start them when they're young. Give them Zootopia. Get them in. Get it in their heads. Yeah, um, I felt like it was just a little too ham-fisted for me. I'm for like, a thirty-four-year-old yeah. man. Thirty-three, thirty-three, thirty-three. Step back. Going, going to be here. We come, May. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it's a little bit prevalent, but it's because you are aware of current events, and yeah. I think this movie was very apropos just for everything that was happening at the time. Um, seeing it up on the big screen, being painted out with you know predators versus prey, and mm-hmm. kind of playing into those roles, like yeah, like it hits hard when that's what you're being assaulted with with our twenty-four hour news cycle now. Yeah, uh, but for a kid, like I could see that kind of being something that's not as prevalent. Right, right. Uh, when you're like, I want to play Legos, and then you're like, Oh no, like the animals should be Freds. Why are those ones going crazy? Oh, because of drugs. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, I love this movie though. But it's uh, Paul's go now. Uh, it will be my go. Okay, your Wait. go. So I don't know how this round always Okay, then works. I'll... Fi- yeah, because yeah. I started, I finish. Then John starts with his number one because he's a movie guy. Well, you're guy. saying all this now, I'm not going to remember. Just tell me what's my turn to go again. Uh, my number two is the Key and Peel film, <laughs> Keanu. Uh, this is about a gentleman who... A kitten shows up on his doorstep, mm-hmm. and then a few days later is stolen, and him and his friend go in pretending to be fake thugs to try to get their kitten back. So it's Silver Streak meets it Homeward is, Bound? It is It is hilarious. I enjoyed watching this movie so much the first time. And what's really mm-hmm. crazy is there's a huge George Michael thread throughout the whole. His music <laughs> is so present through this movie. And when George Michael passed away, I was like, man, Keanu created a renaissance for him and it's <laughs> It's over now. Uh, it is so much fun. And the the thing that really cemented this in for me is I had watched it. I told my dad about it. And I went over to my dad's house, and he had just started watching it. I was only planning on, like, dropping something off at his house. I stayed and watched the whole movie. And then, like, three weeks later, I show up to his house again. He's watching it again. Well, you spoiled and, it all for him. And he's like... I love this movie. And I watched about, like, 35 minutes before I was like, I gotta go to my doctor's appointment and left. Like, I could sit down and watch it. It's one of those movies that when it's on, mm-hmm. you'll watch till maybe the commercial break. Then you flip through, and then you can go back and watch it again. The jokes are always going to kind of hit. It is really, really, really fun. It's one of those movies that it's going to go down as like, yeah, no, yeah, totally. It's sick day movie. It's my hangover movie. It's this because... It's a Saving Silverman. (laughs) That is... No. Saving Silverman is one of those movies, though. Uh, And yeah, it's so smart, yet goofy and silly and funny. 
Uh, I really liked it. I recommend it. I think I watched it, and I told you guys, like, you guys need to watch this movie. At least you, Chris. I was yeah, like, I've, you I've, need to I've watch this. Conversation. I still haven't had a chance to check it out yet. Uh, so that is my number two. Hmm. Man. My number two is something I had as my number three Ooh. coming in to 2016. Uh, this is the uh, re- reintroduction of Ant-Man to the Marvel hey. Universe. This is Captain America 3 Civil War. Uh, Check mark. This is the best of the Marvel movies that came out this yeah. year. Uh, hands down. This is Avengers 2.5. This is better than Age of Ultron. Oh, way better. Uh, I still have to go... Captain America has the best Marvel movies. Two and three. the first one. Yeah, two and three. You know, for origin movies, though, it's I, I would take Iron there. Man over Captain America. Well, yeah, because Iron Man's just fun. <laughs> but after Iron Man, it would go Captain America. I, I think I like, I like, you like Thor better? I like better? Thor better than Captain America. Okay. I think just because we weren't Thor fans. <laughs> I, I would I would go Iron Man or Origins. Iron Man, Captain America, Doctor Strange, Ant Man, Thor. Thor's origin was okay. And you didn't like Ant Man. I didn't well, I, I like Ant Man fine enough. It was just like you could tell where Stephen Wright was <laughs> and like Everything else was. Stephen Wright? Stephen, uh, what's his name? Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. There we go. You Stephen, got there. Stephen Wright is the uh, comedian. Comedian. <laughs> I bought a caffeinated, I bought a coffee coffee table the other day. My house is so high strung now, I wish I had bought a decaffeinated coffee table. Uh, <laughs> Those are the jokes. Stephen Wright. Love him. Iron, it's funny, though. I would, it's funny. I would say Iron Man. <laughs> Doctor Strange, just because it's, it's new. I, I felt bad not putting Doctor Strange on my list, but it doesn't make my list either. Uh, but ultimately, like, if I had to do like my favorite movies of the year, it, it would be m- maybe like number five. Like, I really enjoyed it, but yeah. it, it was hard when I compared it to Captain America: Civil War. Like, just because there's like so much going on in Civil War, and there's so much that I like to see in it. Yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, it's great. It is. Ant Man was great in it. Yeah. Oh, he oh, was. I thought that was a oh. water truck. <laughs> I love that. When he meets Captain America and he's like so starstruck, he's like, "Oh, I don't know why I'm shaking your hands." So long. I don't know why I'm shaking your hands so long. Uh, I have to. You really thank you for thank thanking of me. <laughs> like Paul Rudd's Rudd is just so good. He's just so good in that movie. It, that's that's what made this actually like my number four, so like my runner up on, oh. on my list because I've watched this movie a bunch. I saw it in the theater. I bought it on DVD and watched it a bunch of times. And now that it's on Netflix, I don't have to worry about like, wait. It's on Netflix. DVDs. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's now. on Netflix. It came out like last week. Yeah. This is one of those movies that I've been able to like put on and just have on in the background as I'm like vacuuming and doing other stuff and like I can turn my attention to it on the parts that I want to see and like I can go back about my business and just have it as background noise. I um, am very excited about this. I didn't realize it was on it, Netflix. I, I am I, watching it. I knew it was on Netflix. Bad. I okay. feel bad saying it this way, but as much as I liked the Tony Stark, Peter Parker, like intro to Spider-Man stuff, now that's kind of the part of the movie that I glossed over because I know eventually we're going to get to that airport scene 
which is just <laughs> that's just the best the part of the movie. Like, that's that's all <laughs> I need. Uh, yeah, I knew it was coming to Netflix soon, but I still bought it on DVD, and I still bought it for my dad on uh, you know Blu-ray, DVD, three. 3D, all that jazz for Christmas because I'm like, no, my dad will love this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. it is great, and I yeah, bought I, it for myself too, knowing that. No even one, though it'll hit, no Netflix. one bought it for you for Christmas. Hmm? No one bought it for you for Christmas. I bought it for myself, yeah. Because usually, you all the movies, all the Marvel movies, yeah, all I, the comic book movies, people give you for Christmas. Yeah, I usually just ask for them for Christmas because it's easy to buy. Yeah. That's how you know Paul liked this one. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, <laughs> Well, no. You know why I bought it for myself was because I knew I knew my dad hadn't seen it yet because he was still working that job offsite, and he was moving back. And I'm like, I'm pre-purchased. I'm buying it now, so that way it's at my house for when he moves back. You can just have him over and watch it. Yeah, and then we had I had my dad over and we watched it together, and it was a lot of fun. We had snacks. You know, it was again, man. Movies and experiences <laughs> are tied together for me. So but like that's for everybody. Like I so I I really enjoyed not only going to see this uh at the movie theater with uh my wife, but then having my dad over and like him enjoying it so much. Like it was so much fun. And it's definitely going to tie into my next movie, my number one. But we'll hold off on that until Chris tells us his number two. He did his number no, two. My, my number two is Utopia. Oh my goodness. Thank John, what's I your number one? With my number one, which I am putting it out there that I think is going to be... Well, it's Chris's number three. Fantastic Beast. Fantastic oh, Beast. Okay. I yeah. piggybacked off of yours. My number one is what I believe is going to be both of your number ones. Mm-hmm. And that is Rogue One, yep. A Star Wars Tale. Yeah. 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 This is the number uh, one film of all time by <laughs> BaytonBoardcast.com. And I'm pretty sure Star Wars last year was our number one as well. Yeah. Uh, I was looking forward to this the most <laughs> from 2015 going into 2016 because yeah. I got my list right here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it is uh, hands down great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everything about this movie works. We talked a lot about it last week. Yeah, because it was the <laughs> we main all, topic. All Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, so we don't have to. I don't. I don't feel like we have to discuss too much about this because we have other segments to go. But yeah. it is, uh, you know, look back to us talking about it last week. Uh, I mean, it, it's definitely my number one too. It was the movie that I don't want to say I was most hesitant about, but I was just trying to go into like the freshest. Uh, I was not let down by it, and I just hate that I now have to try to pick a favorite Star Wars movie between this and The Force Awakens because as much as I love the originals, like. The new Star Wars movies, they're just so damn well put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, two minutes to, like crap on the prequels again. Everything about those movies is just so much of an afterthought that it's just so reactionary <laughs> that I, I can't watch those anymore and just be like, no, this makes sense. Like, this is how the story was supposed to be. Rogue One just fits into the story so perfectly. And it's all just based off of that dumb title crawl. <laughs> like, if that's it. Like, if you needed to sum this movie up to someone, you would basically just be like, oh, watch this first 30 seconds of A New Hope. Okay, there you go. <laughs> that's the movie. But this, it, it just works so well. I cared about these characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to say I mourn their death because I knew it was happening, but 
Still, man. Yeah, listen to 326, because yeah. we gushed about this movie. I have to say that, uh, you know, I was watching Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1 last night, <laughs> and I kept on thinking about Rogue One and how much it plays into Deathly Hallows, because anytime you're taking on a task much bigger than yourself, something that's pretty much impossible to accomplish, the only plan There's is... some dancing intense. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's not where you're going. <laughs> no. With. Sorry. Well, it, it will be intense, the action. Ooh. Get it? Intense. I got you. Intense. But not, you know. Yeah, continue. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> the only plan that you can really realistically have is you take the first chance, and then you take the next one until the chances are out or we win. And that's what Harry Potter, Ron, and Hermione do. Like, they're like, we don't know where to find these Deathly Hollows or where to find these Horcruxes. We don't know how to destroy them. We just gotta. Okay, one's probably at the ministry. We're breaking in. Yeah. Uh, the plans are on this planet. We're breaking in. It's and that, how will we get it? We'll figure out once we land. We'll. Yeah. Exactly. And that. And, and very much. Yeah. It's that. Like. We got to take I, things one at a time. We can't think about the things down the road. We got to mm-hmm. do what we can now. And if we can get this far, hopefully somebody else can pick up and finish mm-hmm. it from there. You're going to say something, Chris? Yeah, I, I think you know Rogue One, Harry Potter, and Dodgeball all prove that we love <laughs> an underdog story. Yeah, it's their great <laughs> underdog stories. This but is John. Um, you didn't give kind of like a runner-up, like number four. Wait a like, second, mention. Chris. Hold on. Yes. Did you yes. Alan Tudyk all three of those movies? <laughs> <laughs> I did without even knowing. Holy Pirate God. Steve from Dodgeball. K two S O from Rogue One. Rogue One. Where is he in? Oh, Alan Tudyk, not in uh, Harry not, Potter. No. Damn it! You're two been. or three. Should have been <laughs> two or three. Could have been. He could have been a house elf. He could have been creature. We may, we may see him at some point in Fantastic Beasts. You know, there's still four more movies they got to make for that. Mm-hmm. He's proven. But John, himself. do you have a runner-up that you? Didn't... Uh, I seriously like uh, Civil War, Fantastic Beasts. Those would be my runners up. Uh, Doctor Strange as well. I I really did enjoy Doctor Strange. Yeah, Doctor Strange. I don't think we really talked about because it came out when we were on a, um, our holiday hiatus, but that it was. A lot of fun. I think Bener- uh, Benedict Cumberbatch did great, and I know the movie draws a lot of allusions to um, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So people are always like are going to compare it to those two just because they're oh they're famous rich people brought down by their own hubris. Like yeah, okay, you can see that. But Doctor Strange, it it performs. It's got it has its own sense of fun that I really appreciate it. When I'm walking out of a movie. And I really like it. I use, you know, it, I have that thought like I can't wait to see this again. Mm-hmm. When I'm halfway through the movie and I'm like I can't wait <laughs> to see this movie again, you know it's a good movie. And that's <laughs> like Rogue One. All the other movies, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm excited. I'll get around to it. But yeah, Rogue One was that one. And I was mm-hmm. just like, this movie is gonna be so great to watch again. I'm yeah. more excited to see Rogue One again. And I own. Uh, Force Awakens, and I've seen it three times now, but I want to see Rogue One I think I've watched it maybe four times now, yeah. Rogue, uh, Force Awakens, I've 
I saw it twice in the theaters. I think I've watched it maybe like three or four times since it came out on DVD. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, I've been wa- as soon as they announced the title for uh, episode, what is it going to be now? Eight. eight? Wait, I, they have a title. I'm, watch, I'm watching seven again. Oh, they don't have a title yet. Uh, as soon as they announced the title for it. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask uh, your biggest disappointment of the year? Ooh. Um, I mean, I saw nine movies in the theater this year. Mm-hmm. I was close uh, with eight. I hold on. I have to get my list here. Uh, uh, I have to say, I'm going to go first, because so you can look, look, Chris. I'm going to go with Ghostbusters. Uh, I, I, when I, I went to see I was it, let down by Ghostbusters. I, I I was excited for it because I like Melissa McCarthy quite a bit when she was Suki St. James in uh, Get More Girls. Kristen Wiig, I loved in Bridesmaids. Um, Kate McKinnon has like turned a corner uh, this yeah. year. She had a huge year with Ghostbusters and also being Hillary Clinton on SNL. Um, she also has got a part in that Christmas Office Party movie. She's pretty good in that. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, okay well, shut up, John. <laughs> no, I'm like <laughs> sure because that was a movie I would ever see. Uh, <laughs> Get on Netflix next year. Like, no. That's okay. Uh, but. But she was great in it. But man, it was just they over they overdid the goofiness of it. Like, and during that movie, I'm like, this movie could be something that I really love. This movie could be like that next Ghostbusters movie that I've wanted. Why are they making everybody so damn goofy? Not only the main characters, but everybody they meet is just a goofball. Like, why? Why are they doing this? And it just I, uh, I agree led to my disappointment. Um, John, do you have a disappointment? Uh, Ghostbusters is a good one. Um, I think you're never going to capture the same lightning. You're not going to capture the lightning of Robert Zemeckis, Aykroyd, and uh, um, Murray. E- Egon. What's really? You don't, you don't put no, 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 no. What's Egon's real name? Uh, Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Yeah, thank you. Those guys went rented a house, got together. The thing is they smoked a ton of weed <laughs> and wrote that movie. Right. Somehow, you can't capture that lightning twice of those guys doing that. And I think that's it what... It's called Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes, I think Ghostbusters, the remake, would have been better with taking it a little more serious versus making that mm-hmm. M- McCarthy over-the-top, crazy, hilarious, everybody's wacky movie. Still better than the I, video I game. I would say, I'm pretty sure I said this on air like when we talked about Ghostbusters. I think if they had gone for an R rating on it and kind of just had that little bit more of like free play with it, it probably would have been a little bit better. I didn't hate it. I don't understand the people that absolutely despise this movie. Yeah, it wasn't great, but I didn't dislike it. It, it and like my wife like when we watched it like at the towards the end she was like they missed the opportunity for a really funny joke there like even my yeah. wife was just like they missed the mark a little bit but the movie that i think uh really did it for me was suicide squad Ooh. i think the marketing they started really selling this movie with the marketing and it made you th- and it as well as people should be right, they made you think it was going to be a little bit different of a movie than what you got. I don't think the movie you got was that bad, because I didn't have too much of a high hopes. But the marketing campaign kept getting me to go, 
I think I need to give it a try. So when I finally sat down and we rented it and I watched it, when the movie was over, I just kind of felt like that that didn't need to happen. This movie didn't need to be made. They didn't get it right. And I think some of that is the writer-director was only given a short amount of time to write the script, so he wrote tons and tons of scenes and then filmed them all and then made the movie out of the scenes that he wrote and directed. And that's why there's like so much stuff on the cutting room floor and why uh, uh, Jared Leto says there's enough stuff to film to do a Joker movie on its own because he didn't have the time to solidify a movie script. And that's where I think Marvel makes the mark is they give those guys at least two years to get the script nailed to then go into production to then make that movie. And also why, like, Ben Affleck saying, I'm not making a Batman movie till the script is perfect. <laughs> and we need to work on it. We're going to be doing this. That makes me a little more higher hopes for the Ben Affleck Batman movie than Batman versus Superman or Suicide Squad. And I, I would say Suicide Squad missed the mark more than Batman Superman missed the mark this year. What do you say? that The Joker missed the mark Hamill? Mm. Uh-huh. No, it wasn't good. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, um, don't worry. He my, won't ever hate me more than I hate myself. <laughs> my disappointment, I'm kind of going back and forth, uh, but I'm going to go with Warcraft. Mm. Uh, I'm a rotating big fan of the World of Warcraft game. Uh, I'm, I've been heavily into it now though since the uh, Legion expansion came out. But this movie was done by Duncan Jones, who did movies Moon and the Source Code, which you both loved and I haven't seen. Oh, Source Code, I haven't. I loved Moon. Moon, Moon is good. Source Code. Uh, Source, I haven't seen Source, Source Code. I saw it. It's oh, good. It. No, it's good. Okay, it's sorry. good. That's, I liked uh, it. that's the uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, ugly brother of the be- beautiful girl. <laughs> uh, the secretary. Yes. Flip, um, flip that. Flip that. That is that a gorgeous you. man. She's. Hey, I think she's very attractive. She's attractive, but she's in Gyllenhaal. She's in the Christina Ricci. She, she replaced uh, what's her name in the Dark Knight movies, and uh, I Katie Holmes. Kind of like that's still a uh, meh. Like okay, <laughs> the girl next door. Anywho, yeah. Chris, continue. Um, uh, I I love the Warcraft lore and just everything that has been built up in the previous games, like the real-time strategies and some of the comic books that I've read. They've done a lot in novels as well. But I was really looking forward to this movie, kind of bringing that to life. Uh, and it does it well. The effects in it for the orcs are fantastic. I applaud Duncan Jones for kind of flipping the intro to the movie. You're not brought in on the human side of things your actual first foray into the Warcraft universe with this film is actually on the orc side of things. Like You're introduced to um, Jurtar and the Frostwolf clan and that kind of brings you into the movies. And then it's like, and hey, there's humans too. Get to know Mm -hmm. them. And now, boom, here they are. I I think it worked well as like a run-of-the-mill fantasy movie, but I would have liked to have seen 
a little bit more from this. And hopefully if we do get a sequel, they could kind of punch it up a little bit. Did it not give you enough lore of the World of Warcraft, or was it just... Like, they gave you the lore, but no, it, you it, just didn't care. The lore's there, it's just something was missing from this movie. And I know that's just kind of like a cop-out to say, it just... No, it because... Didn't have, like, a heart to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I kind of felt that same way about Moana, where... Oh. Mm-hmm. The pieces that were there, like the bricks to build it, worked, but they just something was missing in the foundation of it. Yeah, I, I um, kind of feel the same way about Batman versus Superman. Yeah, or Batman Superman versus, versus Superman. Superman. Like, I kind of wanted to talk about it when we were talking about Civil War because, on their like face, both of those movies were like extremely similar. But when you actually start to look at the movies themselves, Civil War is superheroes versus superheroes that had fun and there might mm-hmm. not have been like gigantic world ending stakes on it but at the end of it you're like wow that was a movie I can appreciate I will go back to Batman Superman is superheroes versus superheroes and there's somewhat of stakes on it but, but ultimately like I watched it and I was like it's hollow like you're just mm-hmm. watching Batman and Superman fight and then Wonder Woman shows up and it's cool but that's the end of it that Civil War gave a good reason where you could agree with both people. You could agree with Iron Man, you could agree with Captain America. But if you tr- agree with Iron Man, you're an asshole, and I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I See, I don't feel, nah, I, I don't I feel like he's that wrong. They give you enough for you to go, I can see where that guy's coming yeah. from. Mm-hmm. Captain America, I can see where that guy's coming from. Batman versus Superman, you're like, I don't know, are they dreaming? Yeah. Is there another dream sequence? <laughs> Like, that movie just was too long, was too stupid, and did not get the characters right. It was the... And ultimately, that's why I, I didn't see Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I'll check it out like on Redbox or something, or if the DVD's like cheap at Target when I'm walking through no. and like buying groceries and I see it like at the end cap, I'll be like, oh, 10 bucks, okay. No. No, I've... don't do it. Uh, seriously, if it is free on some viewing service that you have... Watch it. Do not pay money to see it because it is not worth the film that it is printed on. Like it just it does not hit any mark. And I think the actors do good jobs with the characters, but the story does not do a good job for the characters. And it just does not make it worth anything. And at the end when they all like, Hey, I got your back, bro. You never had a moment where you're like, I understand why that guy's got his back. I understand mm-hmm. where they became brother in arms. There's it, no it, cave troll moment. It does not. It, no, it does not happen. It does not happen, mm-hmm. and it just is. You're just expected to say, "Well, they've been killing these monsters." I get it, because it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You don't get it. They shouldn't be the team they are at the end. They shouldn't be fighting and doing whatever. Right. And that's just it. Just misses the mark completely. Uh, and I'm sorry, I had stepped out of the bathroom. You were talking about World of Warcraft. I came back. You were talking about Batman. I was like, what happened in the 30 seconds that I was gone? Paul happened. Paul uh, happened. It's but okay, because I pivot. Got comic books to talk about. Uh, but I just want to say, like, you, you were pretty 
on the side of it being a good movie, World of Warcraft, after you had saw it, Chris. It's it, it's a good movie, but it's still just, it's not a great movie. And the pieces were there for mm. it to be great. Um, you have a director who has proven himself with uh, critical favorites like Moon and Source Code. And is also a fan of the source material. Like, he oh, he's is a big World of Warcraft fan. fan. Like, he grew up playing this game. Like, he loves it. And it, for just those still rings so empty, <laughs> that that's what made it a disappointment. I mean, because it's a disappointment doesn't mean it needs to be a terrible movie. I still liked it. It's one of those movies, if I see it on sale, like I said before, at Target, like, if it's cheap enough, I would grab it and have it just be one of those movies I put on, like, when I'm homesick, you know, like if I still lived in Buffalo and like there were those like snow days from work, like <laughs> yeah. it's something I would put on while I'm like, you know, making like a big pot of soup and like drinking. I was just going like, to say, yeah. it's the thing when your roommate and you are both equally <laughs> making a big pot of soup it, it's like and then you watch a movie. Revenge of the Fallen. Like it's one of those kinds of movies. It's not, like, it's not, it's not I, great, but yeah, you expected exactly. more out of it. I put it with uh, Final Fantasy Advent Children. Okay. Like, I was interested to see it. Unfortunately, I had to buy it on DVD in order to watch it, but that was at $5 at Target. Well, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. I think I traded it back into Netflix, <laughs> or not to Netflix, to Amazon, because huh. you can do that. Chris tried to segue it over to the comic books that we yeah, uh, we, tried. we loved, and uh, let's <laughs> let's get over to that, and um, let's start can with our... Can take a pause quick? Sorry. Yeah. I just want to get another beer, because... Oh, go right ahead. My, my mouth dried it. out. I'll Chris, right you do you. And it's going to head us over into our comic books. And this year, for something that I'm looking back at, I'm actually going back deeper into DC's history. Because I'm looking at Batman Detective Comics as being one of my favorite books that came out this year. Um, we're in the 940s now with this uh, title, but it did go under undergo a little bit of a relaunch this past year uh, with it becoming kind of the Batman family book that I wanted it to be for a while because um, we have now Batman Batwoman, we had Tim Drake as Red Robin the spoiler uh, Cassie Kane as Orphan and strangely enough Clayface appearing in this book but it all worked really well together mm-hmm. uh, I love the Batman extended family. That's been one of my favorite things that they've done with like Batman and Robin Eternal and then Batman Eternal the year previous where they bring all the Batman characters in together. I've always loved the crossover events because as much as Batman's a great character, I think what really defines him now is just his lieutenants. It's that supporting cast that he has that Batman. kind of followed in that those footsteps. Batman's not the urban commando. He's the urban general that leads that group. And I, 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 Every time that they try to reintroduce Batman as like the one street-level character that's just street-level character, I don't think it works anymore. Because he yeah. does have that huge extended... He's got, that fa- he's got the he's Bat family. family. There's yeah. a reason they say Bat family. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it, it's definitely not up to the same... I don't want to say same quality, but it's not the Scott Snyder mm-hmm. um, Greg Capullo Batman that we've had like previously that we love like every single year this is a very different type of Batman story but just seeing these characters that I love 
in the same book together monthly. It just it makes me happy as a Batman family fan. I mean, I'm sitting here recording this episode underneath a Nightwing page and a Robin page. <laughs> like, original artwork framed up on my walls. Yeah. Down the wall from me, I have a Huntress page. If my frame hadn't broken, I would have a Tim Drake Red Robin page with stuff on it as well. Like, these are my go-to characters. This is, like, my home Batman. So I, I love that this book is coming out. I'm I'm actually reading this and not the actual Batman book since the DC Rebirth. Uh, and on that note, my number three is DC Universe Rebirth. Uh, <laughs> because it sets everything that's been wrong with the DC Universe for the last few years, I feel right. Uh, we well, it's the thing that we said... Like coming into uh, the DC New Fifty Two is like, oh, they took out every what, relationship, all yeah, the love. They took, they took out what mattered in the DC mm-hmm. universe that made it a fan favorite universe, yeah. and now they're putting it back in. Uh, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, Night, all the Greens, no, Nightwing, <laughs> Nightwing back, right? The Bat Family back. Uh, you know, and there, yes, there might have been quote-unquote maybe some missteps but it's stuff that i didn't appreciate but somebody else might have appreciated mm-hmm. and some of that stuff is in the teen titans not in the titans book but in the teen titans i did not care for that first issue where the story one might have went it might have gotten back to a better point but i feel like they brought everything that was missing and they made note to tell you this was missing mm-hmm. we're bringing it back and I feel like they did that. I've been seriously enjoying the Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern book, Space Cops again. Uh, I'm interested in reading the other Green Lantern uh, series. I have it all downloaded because Chris, thank you for buying them. <laughs> uh, Blue Beetle, another book. Uh, Blue Beetle and Green Lantern are Green Arrow are the ones I'm just waiting to pick up, either cheap issues or trades. Right. But they're books I want to read. And even The Red Hood, I've been staying on that book. I've been enjoying it. It's not the greatest. It's been your begrudged book? Like the book that you picked up begrudgingly hoping it's your X Factor? No, I've enjoyed every issue. I'm not going, it's going to get good this next issue. But it's taken, I feel it's taken a little too long to get where this book needs to be. (laughs) Where, but it still is good enough for me to continue to read. I've enjoyed everything in DC Universe Rebirth. A great book nailed it for letting me know that, that they know and we're bringing the series back, and that's why it's my number three. I, I think this is a great pick, just because you get like one or two pages of every corner of the DC Universe, and each of those pages it just like solidifies as like okay, they have their sights set on what the DC Universe was. And they want to bring that back. It wasn't so much just like the fact that it was a comic book, but a promise of just a return to what we we became DC fans of while doing the show. Yeah, a, a return like of promise. legacy and a, re, a return to love. Like that relationships matter. Not not just love of like oh Superman's married to Lois Lane. It's the love of like in Titans, like that love of. Uh, teammates. It's 
It's that having a connection with everybody. Because we as readers had a connection with the characters because they had connections with other people in the universe, and that's what made the universe rich and different than Marvel, which is like, oh yeah, they kind of work together, but, you know, whatever. Team up. Team ups happen. Like, no, these team ups happen because there's a rich history between these characters, and we're in on it. And yeah, that's a great pick. Thank you. I'm sorry, What's Chris. Yours, Paul? Uh, I'm going with something that came out like during the early 2000s, but we finally read together at, in 2016 and going deep into DC lore. Uh, this is probably my favorite of the Superman origin stories, and this is uh, Superman Birthright. Like, really? It. it like I've read uh, Superman Secret Origins. I've read Superman blue and superman birthright um and i think this is my favorite of this and also superman earth one uh but this is my favorite of the superman origin stories uh hands down uh granted it's john said it got a little long in the tooth it's (laughs) a little long-winded a little long-winded but i enjoyed every moment of it because it was exploring things that i wanted explored so I was all good with it. It's Superman learning his place in the world without having to have this catalyst of Jonathan Kent dying of a heart attack like in the movies or waving to him during a, a tornado like stupidly. And it's Superman. not he's not <laughs> waving at him like, hey, son, I'm going to die. It's no. no, stay back. Don't save me. Don't save me. Protect yourself. My life is not as important as yours. I think that's a touching moment. This is a touching moment. But still not as good as Superman Birthright. Um, uh, which we did talk about on episode 319. Hey, hang loose. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> which was a John title. It was a John title. Uh, so this was my favorite, one of my favorite books that I read in 2016, which I took this segment as. Not that it came out in 2016, but, you know. I, 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 read it. I went more for a book that I read in 2016 because I, it, it's easy to go back and like pick books that came out before. I'm not saying that as a slight to you, but like yeah. I want to focus more on stuff that's like, no, this was new, this was fresh, this is what became like my favorite book this year. I just had a you know like these past couple of years. I, ever since we went, I went completely digital, where I'm not going to a bookstore. And it's not like, oh, during my lunch break, I run down to the comic book store, pick up my books, and then I, like, have this stack in front of me in my car, and I just read them throughout the whole week. Like, digital, I'm so much... Digital has made you a more lazy comic book reader. It has. And I would, in a way, excuse me, in a way, totally agree. Because I I would would definitely agree. Like, I just put my credit card information on Comixology Mm -hmm. to buy all the books that came out in December that I missed, like... So this is a week's worth of comic books that previously, as like a week to week, like get to the store reader, like I would have had already picked up and devoured like that Wednesday. Yeah, because I'm not physically picking these things up and having to put them someplace. Like now, if I had I to comic books, like I do an email that got sent to me, like oh, I'll get to it eventually. Exactly. Like oh, it's unread, and then eventually I just delete it because I'm like, do I really need to read this email? But no. also like directing your to underneath yeah. your bed, just what seven long boxes full of books. Yeah, I have five in my basement, plus like four other smaller boxes full. 
and the digital is such an easy way of reading that book, deleting it, and then mm-hmm. downloading it again if you need to read it again. With the long boxes, though, like before I put it in the long box, I read it because otherwise it would just sit outside the long box. Like it got there because it's archived. Like now, your it's stack, already archived. Your stack of shame isn't a stack yeah. over there, which you still have a stack <laughs> of shame. I do. It is a uh, smart list yeah. of shame, which you can easily just forget about it. And then when you're looking through, like, oh, I bought that? Yeah, I'll download it. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. But Superman Birthright. Uh, I don't... I Yeah. I, I You have all the reason in the world to enjoy that book. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, my number two is The Mighty Thor. Not to be confused with The Unworthy Thor, which will be my number one. Uh, this is uh, Jane uh, battling cancer and also battling becoming Thor. You know, whenever she lifts up the hammer. I thought this was an emotionally intriguing book. I thought it was very interest- a very interesting character piece. Uh, I loved the whole newness of the character Thor when she came out like, two years ago uh, when she lifted the hammer and everybody was trying to figure out who she was. Um, but, man, it's been a fun ride. Marvel does really great when they introduce new characters, that Spider-Man-ness of, of the Marvel characters, like the learning their role, learning their place, and like kind of struggling and then succeeding. Like keeping your, it's that keeping your head above water, and then all of a sudden, like being able to swim olympically. I I think it's Marvel's ability to say, Jason Aaron knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> We're gonna stay out of it because that guy's gonna tell a good mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it is. He proved himself to say, yeah. people have been loving my Thor. I'm doing this. I love the Wolverine and the X Men. Take. Take a step back and let me tell the story I want to tell. And also, I'm going to bring Thor back in another book. Uh, which, again, like, it's his, what, his Thor run has been four years between uh, God Killer. God Killer and now giving Thor another yeah, hammer. Yeah, like, another. he's. Yeah. He's got a plan for Thor, and I am behind it 100%. I may not have read all of the female Thor books. Mm-hmm. I don't discredit them. They're on my list of things to get around to reading. They're all very good. And, yeah, Jason Aaron, he's going to do no wrong. Jason Aaron is going to continue in our March Madness. He's mm-hmm. going to be on that list. Yeah. I'm sorry, but Scott Snyder, he's not going to – I don't think he makes the list this year. I, I do want to continue reading Reborn. I haven't read anything after that first issue, but yeah. it's something that I do want to like check out again because that first issue really it did turn around. Like it really did catch my attention. So who wait, 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 wait! Reborn wasn't that Mark Millar? No, no, Mark Millar is not someone we talk. About. Oh wait, maybe it was Mark Millar. It's I think it's Mark oh, Millar. Re, uh, Reborn. Yeah, Reborn. Re, yeah. Oh crap! Never mind. And it's Greg Capullo on art. That's yeah, why you yeah, were thinking of it. Why I'm thinking that? Because I was surprised that I liked that book so much. So you just did your. Has everyone done their number three? I've done yes. number three, and that was my number two. Okay. The Mighty Thor. And Chris started this, so Paul, your number two. I already did my number two. 
His, his is number two. Uh, I snaked it. Mighty Thor. Oh, I did three and then two. Okay. Well, I'm going to do my number two, and that is Jeff Lemire's Moon Knight. Hmm. Uh, Moon Knight is one of those characters that I kind of fell in love with this year by going back and reading old trades, really understanding the character, and having done so, Jeff Lemire's Moon Knight makes such incredible sense to me. A uh, few, I'd say probably about three, four years ago, uh, Bendis did a Moon Knight. We read the first issue. I didn't understand Moon Knight at that time, and we all kind of gave it a thumbs down. I actually want to go back and read Bendis's Moon Knight because, again, the character makes sense to me. Uh, this is one of the very few series that we read the number one of, and I've continued on reading it to issue eight or nine that just came out. Uh, I really enjoyed the series. I think Jeff Lemire's got a great handle on what's going on, and he's just playing into the crazy that is Mark Spector. Uh, yeah, he's definitely a series that I've held on to that I've really liked, and I don't know where Moon Knight's been missing in my life, but I really enjoy the Moon Knight character. I did read, like, the first batch of those issues on the plane, I think, either to or from your wedding. Um, I enjoyed them. It, there wasn't anything in there that brought me into it, but I can definitely see the appeal of it. Um, and it's just, it's a really well-done book, though. Like, just kind of almost how the art style changes in it, if yes. I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Like, when it's... Moon Knight versus Mark Spector being a crazy person. The Moon Knight, for whatever personality is kind of working in his head at the time, the art changes to that. That's and awesome. even in the next kind of like volume one, and now I'm, I'm almost finishing volume two of it in issues, there are four versions of Mark Spector's personality that in every issue is going from one to the other to the other to the other. And every time it flips, it's a completely different art style. See, it's one of those books that I wouldn't mind like rechecking it out, like catching back up on. And I say, go back, look at everything I've previously bought of Moon Knight, reading through those to really understand the character. Because so. that's what the last one I remember reading is when they were like trying to escape the asylum. Yeah, that's. That, the, I mean, that wasn't too far into the series. Yeah, and that's that's the current series. But like, go back to the two thousand like seven or eight, uh, when they kind of relaunched Moon Knight. Mm -hmm. I forget the writer. Um, was it not Michael Brian Bucket? No, Brian Michael Bendis. No, he did. They relaunched Moon Knight, and then they relaunched him again with Bendis, and then they relaunched him again with uh, Garth Ennis. Uh, and I really love the Garth Ennis stuff. And then somebody else took over, and then Cullen Bunn took over the third was volume. Was that when it was being drawn by David Finch? Maybe. That's the one where he was wearing the uh, white suit, where driving around in a limo, solving crimes. The okay, white suit that wasn't yeah. actually colored, so it was just the white page that made it look... Like, it wasn't drawn at all? Oops. I, I don't know why I went to IMDb and not my comicsology. Anyways, Chris. Yes. What was your um, number two? My number two is actually a book that John had mentioned before, and this is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Mm -hmm. 
Um, space is This is getting back to the space cops. And I really like it. Uh, the Green Lantern Corps had vanished from the universe, so the Yellow Lanterns of Sinestro had kind of taken dominance as the space cops of the suckers. And now the Green Lanterns are back, and it leads to kind of a war between the two warring factions. Um, I, I'm really digging this book again. This is being written by Robert Venditti, who took over on Green Lantern probably like a year and a half ago. Started to lose me. I fell off of Green Lantern for a while and then got back on with Rebirth, but Man, like I'm, I'm in it again. I'm reading Green Lantern, uh, Green Lanterns. Sorry, I'm also reading Hell Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. They come out twice a month, so every single week I'm getting a Green Lantern book. And I remember what it feels like to be a Green Lantern fan when I was reading stuff like Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, uh, Emerald Knights, Red Lanterns. It's, it's hitting me right in that Green Lantern bone. And I 100% agree with you, because I just sat down and read everything that you had previously bought and read them and was like, yep, this is my Green Lantern book. I, and the, the David like, Fincher... Spoilers for the, spoilers for the book, but like when Guy's been captured by the Sinestro Corps, did you get to those ones yet? No. And he's being like interrogated? It's, it's fun. Yeah. And the David Finch is a 2007 relaunch of the character Moon Knight. I looked it up. Hmm. Sorry. Okay, I, I I couldn't remember. It, it's bad to say, but Moon Knight's just one of those characters that I don't really pay attention to. I, no, I feel the same way, but I still enjoy the character and, and the yeah. series that they do. But Haldron and the Green Lantern Corps, like this, this is bringing me back to what it meant to be a Green Lantern fan like eight years ago when we started doing this podcast. It's uh, definitely. It, it's not quite at that Jeff Johns level, like where everything just tied in so well and made so much sense. But and also man, the Peter Tomasi level. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't forget the Peter Tomasi with that. With Green yeah. Lantern Recharge and, uh, yeah. With... Yeah, Green Lantern Corps. Like, mm-hmm. it was... That's it, Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. It, it was a great time, and I, I feel like we may be on another Green Lantern renaissance. I don't want to jinx it, though, but mm. right now, man, I, I, I'm happy to be reading multiple Green Lantern books again. Uh, I feel the same. I feel happy in the same way that you do, Chris. The uh, one book that I'm surprised that I'm reading multiples of right now is uh, Thor, because I already mentioned it, Unworthy Thor. This is one-armed Thor getting the hammer from Beta Ray Bill and going to be quickly discovering the ultimate uh, Thor's hammer in order to become uh, legitimately Thor again. Instead of is just, this your number one? Yeah, this is my number one. Uh, you know why? Because it just started, <laughs> and I'm hopeful for the series. And Paul's picks are built on hope. <laughs> Much like a rebellion. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Like the rebellion. Uh, so it just started, like, all of, like, in November... And we're going to beginning issue three this month, so in January. So there I am, unworthy Thor. No, I. It's great. I really enjoyed the first issue of this. <laughs> yes. And ultimately, I loved all of the other Thor stuff that we got from the previous year with just 
What is it, the Mighty Thor? Yes, my number okay, two correct. pick. <laughs> it's a Sorry, Thor pick. It's a Thorgy. Write that one down. It's uh, a Thorgy. Um, Episode no, title right there. I think it's been a great year for Jason Aaron, and yeah, he, I think he's definitely going to appear on our March comic book creator craze. Look for him to win. For this year. <laughs> Which, yeah. I think, uh, possibly. Like, it's... I think it, for the most part, it usually book. comes down to Aaron versus uh, Snyder. BKV, also. Yeah, BKV, BKV will definitely be up there again. Uh, I'm going to throw Nick Spencer into this year, though. Mm. Just a heads up. All right. He did, he did fairly well last year. Uh, yeah. I mean, like Chris, so, our, um, Paul's done his number one. Uh, Chris, your number one. Um, My number one? I'm actually going to hand it over to Nick Spencer. No! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Ant-Man? Astonishing, or astonishing is... Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, astonishing Ant-Man. This has been the year of Ant-Man for me. Not only did we get the Paul Rudd vehicle last year, but we got an Ant-Man comic book spinning out of it. And then we got Astonishing Ant-Man shortly after that. Uh, this took a look at Scott Lang, not just as the superhero, but someone that wanted to start a business with the Ant-Man security solutions because who better to stop your stuff from getting stolen than the person that would steal your stuff (laughs) but ultimately what it means to be a father of someone who's kind of not lashing out against you but going against your wishes and then becoming embroiled in a court case where the prosecuting attorney is a supervillain who you have hooked up with and knows the ins and outs of what you have done it was a lot of fun reading this book. I kind of missed the fact that it ended, I think, like three months ago. Um, but man, Ant-Man is just now going to be one of those characters that I kind of go back to and look at based off of what uh, Nick Spencer has done with them. And I, I think what better way to say that? Because, man, it's Ant-Man. Who, who would have thought? Mm-hmm. But I, I really love this book, and yeah, it's my—it's probably my favorite comic book of the past year, because I didn't want to pick stuff that I had picked before, like Wicked and Divine. No, it makes sense because you and I both love uh, stature back during Young Avengers, so, and she plays a prominent role in this book, and becoming a quote-unquote supervillain using the new Hench app hmm. that lets you buy uh, supervillains to go do your bidding. Oh, like the calculator, but in app yeah. form. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's uh, there's a couple. <laughs> there's warring apps. Of course, there is always. Oh yeah, I, I I really enjoyed this book. It was a lot of fun. Everybody likes to see Scott Lang kind of down on his luck, and at no point in this book does he win until the very the very end. But yeah, that's good. John, your favorite book? Uh, my favorite book is something that did start in 2015, but it wasn't until I made you guys read it for a uh, trade and policy that I said, oh, this book. Uh, and this is the Canadian written and drawn by Jason Liu, The oh. Pitiful Human Lizard. Oh, this was a lot of fun, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was so much fun, and I am a indie fan through and through. Look at his movie picks, people. Uh, but I, like, you guys don't understand it, but I absolutely love Flaming Carrot. And this kind of takes me to that Flaming Carrot 
kind of side. I, I appreciate this a lot more than Flaming Carrot, I will say <laughs> <Yes>. that. <laughs> Which is understandable. I understand. Uh, but yeah, I really love the pitiful human uh, lizard. It was a really fun read. It was a good read. It's well executed, written and drawn on this indie, indie side. And I think the fact, too, that we are so close to Toronto and we know some of the things that they're talking about kind of hit. But it was... Go ahead, Chris. No, I was going to say, episode number 304, Glood. Gluttony plus Glood. Gluttony plus Good is the trade and policy where he read this one, if you want to go back and hear more thoughts on it. But I really like this book, and it's one of the ones that... I said, like, all right, when I sat down to think about this, Moon Knight came easily because I I just read issue, like, eight or nine of it. And Pitiful Human Lizard, which I went and looked, and I was like, oh, it came out in 2015. But we didn't read it until 2016, which is when I was aware of this book, but I hadn't actually bought the book till 2016. And, yeah, that's one of my favorite books of the year. No, I I think this is a great pick. Um by Jason Liu and yeah this was a lot of fun to read and I think we may be going into it with that like we used to go up to Toronto like twice a year once for the uh, comic book convention and then just again because we like Toronto and we mm-hmm. wanted to drink um, but yeah this book was a lot of fun and have there been any more issues of it? Yes yeah I okay. think it's up to 11 or 12 hmm. Um, and uh, I think there's a female human lizard right now. I'm not caught up oh, on it. Oh, the all new human lizard, <laughs> all right? new, all, all different. New. Uh, but yeah, like Toronto is where I had my honeymoon. Like not my honeymoon, my bachelor party. That's where I had my honeymoon. Yeah, and also the Finger Lakes. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I just was trying to make your statement legitimate, John. Uh, in. Every year, we kind of figure out what is working the best with what we're actually a big part of and a fan of. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, I think two years ago or last year, we decided to start doing beers because we mm-hmm. review so many beers. Well, I did want to mention, uh, because I realized what the C meant to meant to me be, uh, <laughs> in front of this and also the J meant. Uh, uh, because I have a notes here from 2016, or 2015 from our Look Forward episode. Chris, you picked for your most look forward to movie, The Jungle Book. Really? Yes. And John, Hail Caesar. Oh. oh. What happened to Hail Caesar? Yeah, that looks, Hail Caesar looks really fun, though. I haven't it's, seen that yet, though. Did he see it? It's not. Yes. Really? Oh. It is. You ex- <laughs> That's a great cast, though. You expect a certain level coming from uh, the Coen brothers. Mm-hmm. And then what you get, you go, okay, I can understand this is a Coen brothers movie. But I thought it was going to be this. Uh-huh. And it was this. Uh, John pointed at the ceiling, and then he pointed at the floor. I could tell by the tone of his voice. Oh, good. I thought I delivered that quite mm-hmm. well. Uh, uh, like, I, like I said in my review for my number two, Zootopia... Jungle Book would have been right up there, but it, it, it's a movie that we had before, pretty much, almost beat for beat. Zootopia mm-hmm. was something new, but Jungle Book, I think I've watched it three times since it came out on Netflix. Like, I, I love that movie. I mean, my fucking... Whoa! Cat, I, sorry. 
the cat that I adopted in May is named Bagheera because I had just seen that movie. Like, also, she's all black like the panther, so it makes sense. It does but, make sense. Yeah. And, and who doesn't love uh, Ben Kingsley? Ben Kingsley. Isn't that Ben Kingsley, Idris Elba? Like, it's a... Uh, hey, hey he, Nyong'o, like it's a great voice cast in that. Bill Murray, God, Elba is in both Zootopia and Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's getting that Disney bump right now. He was also in Thor. He was also yeah. in The Office. He was Charles Minor. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, uh, comics. By the way, I picked Wonder Woman being my most looking forward to, and it's good, but. It's just the have, thing. Have you been go- keeping up since the rebirth? It's just difficult because I always forget which issues are the going back to the past, which ones are. I in feel the like present. he needs to read both. I do, but I'm going to tie like in. Both, I they do tie in, but the thing is, I kind of want to keep on the story. So whenever, like, oh, next week. Oh, wait, next week is the look back in the past. I've been having a hard time keeping up. So with I uh, just hard time keeping with our beer list, we're going to pick uh, three beers that kind of. Uh, met what we are expecting and want and then uh, we're going to pick a brewery that uh, has gotten mm-hmm. our attention uh, and I'm going to start this off and I'm going to start wait 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 you started the movies I started the comics Chris should start the I didn't start the movies no I thought I started the oh, comics Chris started oh yeah. okay, go ahead and start I started the movies uh, Chris started the comics my number three f- oh you're supposed to be the expert at the, the, the robining I know I'm sorry guys I'm my, you know. One of my favorite beers of uh, 2016, my number three, is Free Flow IPA from Otter Creek. Wow. Sold 12-pack cans, $14.99 for the 12-pack. It is such a delicious, easy-drinking IPA. I really, really love this. It's something that I will constantly just keep buying, putting it in my fridge to have whenever I got a... Ooh, I'm kind of in a beer mood. Ooh. Free flow. Ooh, delicious. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> such a scamp when you say that. Uh, it's it's a really such a, a solid, solid, solid IPA. Mm. It, it is good. Uh, I did have Otter Creek listed as one of those breweries that I'm like just loving right now. Like they are a brewery that has come on strong, and I'm willing to try out anything. Uh, Last year or the year before was when we were like, yep, Otter Creek is the brewery we yeah. were surprised by and we were looking out for. They just switched all their branding this year. Uh, I believe they have a new brewery this year. Well, the brewer took over. He's the one that created the Russian Imperial. And this is why we love him so hard and so much. Uh, I am definitely in agreement with uh, your pick there. It's, it doesn't make my list quite yet, but uh, I'll let you know. I it, it could in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, it so, was one of my top rated beers of 2016. It, it was there, but I have another beer that I liked a little bit more in the same vein. I I, I uh, so my job is I work in a beer department. I help people find picks, and I also do tastings. Saturday I did a tasting. I did two tastings of mm-hmm. Free Flow because the first one went so well. I decided to do another one. Uh, in opening five cans and demoing those out to people, mm-hmm. I sold 15 12-packs of Free Flow IPA that people nice. were just like, uh, yeah, no, that's good. And this one guy looks me deep in the eyes after taking a sip and is mm-hmm. like, uh, 
I'm like a double IPA guy. You know, I really like the double IP double IPAs. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. The guy took two 12 packs and walked away from me. This <laughs> <laughs> is like, you know, I, I don't I, understand what that guy just told me and then did. He got lost in your beautiful deep blue eyes. But it's something that it's I've like recommended it so much. It's one of the best one of the best selling 12 packs in my beer area right now. And I recommend it to everybody. Chris. Me. Yes. Um, my beer, it's going to be a little harder to come by. Um, right now, you can only get it if you go to Walt Disney World, the Animal Kingdom uh, Park, at the restaurant Tiffin's. And this is the Kungaloosh Spice Ale by Concrete Beach Brewing. And this is an offshoot of Sam Adams, actually. Mm. That it um, operates out of Miami Beach. And this is basically a year-round seasonal ale that's just absolutely fantastic. I've only been to Tiffin's twice. It's getting a little bit harder to get into that place. Um, originally, I had been there within the first, like, 24 hours that they opened. The next time I was there was, like, a month later, and you definitely needed a reservation at that point. Um it's a restaurant. They also have a lounge, so maybe when you guys are down here, I was just going to say, try to steer us towards Animal Kingdom at some point during that weekend, just so uh, I think Saturday you can sit down and have a drink. Saturday before we go to uh, Cigar City, let's just stop in there for a for a drink. I, I, I'm okay with that. Like we we can get in there, we can uh, have a beer. Is uh, it a year round seasonal? Because Florida only has one season. It's basically hot. Florida only has one. I, I don't know. We just had Florida winter where it was getting down to like 50 degrees at night. Um, oh, been, heavens to Betsy. I know. It's, it's been so comfortable here that like when I walk out of work at night and it's like cool, people are like, oh, it's so cold. And I'm like walking around with like my sleeves rolled up like, wow, it's so nice. Um, <laughs> I just want to say, you said with your sleeves rolled up. <laughs> Why are you wearing sleeves? I, it's, I roll them up. You guys to work. Because um, it look cool. Professional. But the Kungaloosh Spice Ale, this is a beer that I would consider it a seasonal. It would definitely be like right in line with anything that you would get for kind of like your fall season. Um, it, it's a, such a nice spice on it, but it's definitely drinkable. Um, and it fits in well because everything that you can get at the restaurant Tiffin's is more like Indian and African cuisine. So it's a lot of like more spiced up dishes. Uh, this fits right alongside of it all. So, uh, yeah, that's my number three beer that I had this year because it, it was something that I had that I definitely took note of. Like, wow, this this is now a destination beer almost. Like, mm-hmm. I will go there to have it again. Uh, and like when you're describing it, th- I was just like, well, we're we're going to be there next weekend. Like, we're <laughs> I'm going there. You're I'm having this beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, no, I know like a guy. He, he can get us into the parks. <laughs> I know somebody. Uh, just um, Sam, Sam Adams had a really bad year this year for their beers, even though they still did massive amounts of beer sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the number one family-owned brewery in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is Lion and Kugel. Next is uh, um, New Belgium. Mm-hmm. And really, New Belgium. I'm surprised that uh, Sierra Nevada isn't there or Stone, because I would think yeah. they would be next. Those those two would be next in line over New Belgium. Uh, I think because they're not. Uh, I, Sierra Nevada, I think is. I think they're number four. Okay. 
Um, but New Belgium is number three um, for worldwide sales and everything. Okay, I'm not doubting you. I'm just surprised. Uh, but there saying. is a rumor that there's a Rochester company that actually might buy out Sam Adams this year. Really? Yeah. What's his name? Sam and Dave? What? Is it Rorba? Why did you say Sam and Dave? I don't know. No, no. They, no, there's a company. Madden and Finn. Madden and Finn. Uh, it is not. Uh, because uh, Madden and Finn bought no, out like a it's bunch just Matt, of this. It's Matt Brewing. Oh. Uh, Matt and Finn is a beer That's from like Sam, Sam uh, from Finn. Southern Tier. That owns. No. Because Matt Brewing owns. No. No? No. Okay. Well, I don't have a job in owns, that. Like, don't they own Southern Tier? No, it's it's a different guy. The people um, they own Ithaca. No, uh, Saranac and Flying Saranac. Bison. Oh, uh, oh, and I think they uh, Utica Club, oh. and there is another smaller brewery that they own. Hmm. Um, but anyways, Sam Adams, Sam Adams might be something that we might say is bought out this year. Wow, the rumor. Wow. Anywho, uh, for my number three, I of course had to pick something with three in the title. And this was my beer of the summer, uh, because this was a beer that Cowan was almost introduced to me when we visited Chris uh, down in Florida the last time we were there, when we went to Epcot and we had the Schofferhofen. 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 Uh Grapefruit beer. And this was a big oh, citrus fuck. I forgot about this beer. It's so good. It's it was something promised to me by this asshole sitting across <laughs> the table from me that would be at his wedding. No doubt. Don't worry, Paul. This is what we'll be drinking. Uh, and this is this Southern Tier three citrus peel out. No. And then he couldn't get no. it for me. No, I no, guess. no. Schoferhofer was oh. what we were planning on having at the brewery. And then you were like, my wife loves it. Because sitting here like, it's a great well, beer. Maybe we'll have three citrus peel out because it's so much better. Dude, they did not make enough of that beer. <laughs> they didn't. I would get a case in and it would sell out in an hour. It was like, so good. You know who was buying it out? This guy. <laughs> uh, it's Schofer Sorry, Hoffer's. Said this guy, were you pointing at yourself or John? I was pointing at, pointing at himself. Myself. Okay, but he was also like keeping them in the uh, back so I couldn't buy them. Schofer Hoffer is a 4% grapefruit wheat beer. Mm-hmm. Uh Delicious. Three, three like, Citrus Peel Out is a 10% grapefruit, uh, tangerine, and something else beer. Oh, so good. Uh, Blood Orange, maybe. It, it was. I forgot about this beer. This is my beer of the summer. I kept on thinking that other things that were lighter in alcohol would be my beer of the summer. <laughs> it wasn't. It was this four-pack that I would buy for like twelve ninety nine each time that I saw it at the store because I would be out. Yeah. And I would like... All right, I'm out of this yes, beer. You I have need some to more. Buy this. And it, like every other day, it was like crazy. I was an alcoholic during the summer. Apparently, it was uh, <laughs> one. I don't think you got it that much because it was so hard to come by. But yeah, it Anytime was. I saw it. it. Absolutely fabulous, fabulous beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was definitely my beer of the summer, uh, which definitely deserves its place as number three. Uh, I think so. Definitely, it's uh, the top five I'm, beer. I'm excited for this to come out again. And if they stop it, I will, I will be the only one with a picket line out there. I will be up there murdering executives <laughs> from Southern Tier. I'm murdering? Just oh yeah! Pro- protesting with a little sign. Oh, I thought that was a killing. You're making like a killing <laughs> oh, motion no, with a knife. Me. No, that's, that's me. A, oh, okay, your sign. picketing sign is also like murdering with a knife sign. Like it's a. <laughs> no, it's a. 
What do we want? No, that's a psycho. That's psycho. What do we want it now? Stabbing the female banker. Three citrus peel up. When do we want it now? Number two, Paul. <laughs> Number two is uh, Lips of Face series, La Terriere. Uh, the best sour that I had this year. Uh, the Lips of Face series from New Belgium, which is apparently the number two or number three uh, family-owned brewery in the United States. Yes. Uh, surprising to me, because we just got them in our area just this year. Uh, uh, there is another Lips of Faith series that's out in a four-pack, and I mean to pick it up. It's just that we have to get through a lot of beer for the podcast. I'm very excited to try it out. It's the... Uh, it is a... a um uh, He's thinking. Uh, his hands are on his forehead. Anne Francis. Uh, it is a um, Belgian-style dark ale brewed with spruce tips and something else. It's like It starts with a C. It's like... Oh, there's Clutch, which clutch. is... Uh, clutch is what I'm thinking Clutch of. is also... That's uh, the one that replaced the Le Terrier. It is 80% Imperial Stout, 20% uh, Sour Dark Ale, blended together, aged in oak. Uh, I'm very excited to try um, that soon as well. Was I'm, I might be misremembering, but wasn't one of those killing crafts that we had from Perrin like a stout mixed with a sour? No, I think uh, it, okay. I think it was a barley wine and an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels. Okay, that's what it was then. Chris, I believe you also had the Lipus. Lips of Faith series, Le Terrier, and that's what made me really want no, to go out and get it. he had a different one. Oh. He yeah, no, I, I had one there. of the Lips uh, of Faith. Yeah, it was like the rose tip one or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember that. I can see the bottle, and it looks just like the rest of the mm-hmm. Lips yeah. of Faith But stuff. this was my, this is my favorite it, of the sours. Uh, dry hopped oak barrel aged sour, and you got those flavors. Oh. Uh, we had it together. I bought it for Thanksgiving. I think I bought it a second time for my wife. My wife really liked it. Hmm. Um, and it's held up each time? Yes. Because oh, yeah. they still have it at Liz's store. Because uh, she doesn't... Yeah, I have it at my store as oh, well. okay. Because they don't take care of anything there. You know what's going to be fun is when you go to Liz's store and I'm there now <laughs> running the thing. No, and no, I'm no, like, no. Oh, You're running a different store than the Liz's store. I thought you went to Alberta. No. You go to Amherst Street? Sheridan. Oh, Sheridan? Oh. Because it's right down the street from the office that I'm now I'm closing. Sorry. Because screw it. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> Chris, you're number two. Um, my number two beer is actually going to be the Hogshead Brew, and this is from Florida mm. Beer Company. And this is one of the beers that you can get at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter over at Universal Studios Islands of Adventure. Uh this is now one of my go-to beers that I will go to a theme park to get. Um, yes, it helps having a annual pass to Universal, but one of the first things I do when I get to that park, I now take a right and I go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, not just because it's the best part of that park, True. but also because I can head to the Hogshead Inn and I can get a Hogshead. This beer is just fantastic. Everything that... Uh, Florida Beer Company does for the Wizarding World, as well as like the um, Springfield part of the park, and outside at the NBC Grill and Brew. They're all great beers, but something about the Hogshead, I don't know if it's just kind of like Paul was saying with the experience of going to the movies, but Mm -hmm. drinking a Hogshead at the bar and then there's a Hogshead over there that every now and then like snorts and comes to life, 
this beer is just great. And it's perfect when you're walking around in like 80 degree heat looking at the wait times at Jurassic Park being like, nope, no, <laughs> not going on that. I just yeah, want to know, we were down there mm-hmm. and you didn't let us know that there is a triple cut beer that's down there that is like cider, brown ale, and like Guinness on the top. Wait, and um, it's only in it's only in the uh, Harry Potter land. And yes. actually, it was it had a name attached to a Harry Potter thing, and uh, <coughs> the creator of Harry Potter there, J.K. Rowling, J.K. Rowling didn't like it. So now you have to ask for the special cut drink, not by name, but oh, the bartenders know <laughs> the drink that which shall which shall not, not be named. Um, I. I've never had any of the mixed drinks that they have there. Um, Cause they do have like different beers on tap. They do have ciders and then they do have alcohols. Uh, so you can go in there and you can like order a fire whiskey. Um, you can get mm-hmm. different stuff that they can make. But every time I've gone in there, I just, I get one of the beers, whether it's like the hog's head or um, Witch's brew or dragon scale. Like the beers are just so great that I've, never even really considered ordering one of the mixed. Well, but it's I will. It's like, it's, you know, like, it's like a black and tan, but it's layered like three times. So it's three, three different, it's three different beers on top of each other. Um, side note, uh, I haven't been able to do a, like a Parks and Rec kind of thing in a while. There's an episode that Jen and I recorded like two months ago mm-hmm. that I've edited. I just need to like put some more uh, like the intro and outro music in there and then post it. I just haven't because of work. Um, but once I get back on top of things, that that will happen. I'm very excited because I'm looking forward to listening to that as I'm running through the Disney parks. <laughs> <laughs> and don't worry, Chris. But, uh, you and I will be together going through the parks together. We'll I, 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 I'm, I'm just jogging. That's <laughs> yeah. We're keeping up. We're, we're going to try to keep up a pace. Between 13 and 16 minutes. I'm in a... Paul's in full race mode. He's worked very, very hard at doing that. And I'm in well, corral. he should go. You and I will enjoy it. Did you guys get your bib numbers yet? Because I'm in corral O. And no. the last corral is P. I, did, I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, when you download your waiver, if you look at your waiver, you, you'll get a number. I said I'm doing that like... At- yeah, but you can look at it without printing at it. I We don't know where what email you sent them to. I sent you the link. You click on the link, you type in your name, it'll pop up. You didn't say that. You just sent us a link. You didn't say it. Anyways, beer. John, uh, with your number three. I did my number three. Are we on our number twos? We're on our number Yes. No, we did number two. John, you're number two. I haven't done my number two. (laughs) And my number two is actually going to be the thing that we drank uh, first on the show. And that is from Woodcock's Brewery, their XPAs. Just their series. Just their series. Uh, We started drinking number six... Mm-hmm. Months ago, I think around uh, around our birthdays, Paul, because you yeah. and your wife had come over. We played games and we drank number six together. Uh, I have enjoyed this to a point that eleven ninety nine and now ten ninety nine for uh, four pack tall boy cans is an easy spend for me. Mm-hmm. I bought two uh, four packs this year, and uh, for 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 number nine, um, I've bought all of the series since number six that actually started coming out in stores. <laughs> it is something that I will continue on to purchase. Uh, I also will continue to go to the brewery. 
Uh, it's not too far from where I live, um, about 25, 30 minutes, depending on traffic. And uh, I have really enjoyed the different IPAs that they've been putting out. I think all have been really good. Um, and I enjoyed, like, that f- local fresh IPA. Like, it's just mm-hmm. been hitting a, a nice niche for me. I have to say that this is the 2016 is definitely the year where I started, like, seeking out that fresh IPA. Like, it's like, oh, no, you go to the store this day, they'll have it. Like, you pick it up. Unfortunately, like, when we've done that, sometimes they fall in a little flat for us. Uh, and, and but, like, this, like, I, this is better a week versus mm-hmm. two days. Yeah. Uh, the XPA number nine. Because that, uh, who was, it was the, not magnetic traction or. Uh, we did, um, single cut. Mm-hmm. And we the did. The bomb bomb. And then the. Um, uh, who is I want to say Trillium, but it wasn't Trillium. But yes, we did. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. did three fresh beers. Uh, the Lagunitas, I think, was the best mm-hmm. fresh that we did. Um, the twelfth of never. No, no. Uh, born yesterday. Born yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so my number two, Woodcock Brothers, small local brewery, their XPA series, and Stone Enjoy by was pretty good. Uh, Stone Enjoy by is one that I won't. I don't feel the need to keep picking up because mm-hmm. they keep it's a set rotation and it's the same beers for every set oh okay oh see i didn't know that like because i think i've only had two of the enjoy by and the one i actually like really liked it was the enjoy by 420 yeah um and which was the danky unfiltered one uh and then yeah. they released the tangerine one and then they released the uh, 13 hopped one and then they released the dark hopped one and then they released this it's the same rotation now year in year out it's not an ever changing never going to be the same beer it's mm. yeah we're doing the tangerine one here we're doing the black IPA here so Chris where John's telling you it's a bad thing look forward to having that thank <laughs> enjoy well, by 420 again this April, year I can pick up that one again. yeah some Half empty, half full, like <laughs> depending on what you view your glass as. Uh, Chris, do you want to go with your number one, and then I'll go, oh. and then Chris or uh, John can finish it off. Yeah, my number one uh, has become one of my go-to beers, and this is also from the Florida Beer Company. It's a little bit more accessible. Uh, you can find it on tap at a lot of bars. They also bottle this one, and this is the uh, Florida Swamp Ape Double IPA, <laughs> and this is just a wonderful golden beast of a double uh, imperial pale ale it's fantastic I wouldn't place it over something like the Great Lakes Lake Erie Monster I mean that's always going to be kind of the the bar that has been set that's that's the the beer you get drunk at people's weddings on exactly (laughs) this this is until they run out and then you just start going to the uh, Sriracha Ace Uh, (laughs) Sriracha Ace is so good too but the the floor swap ape it's just it's a great all-around beer, and you guys can probably look forward to having that with your Christmas present. Uh, I remember having that at um, at the uh, one bar we went to where they were playing movies, and it was a Halloween party. Oh, oh yeah. um, uh, Bloodhound Group Pub. Yeah, yes. They have it. Yeah. yeah, I remember drinking that with you guys. Uh, I remember liking it. I don't um, remember and, anything else because we were all over the place that night. Yeah, that, that was a busy night. Um, I forgot you guys were here on like Halloween. Um, yeah, and if if he still listens, producer Scott can look forward to having that as well. 
Because uh, one of the episodes he did on Western New York Brews recently is he sent beer to someone in Portland. Or no, it wasn't Portland. Someone up in like in Canada. I can't remember where. But uh, the, the Pacific like, Northwest. Yeah, like they traded beer back and forth, and like mm-hmm. they kind of reviewed each other's beers. And I, th- I just thought that was a great idea. So I kind of want to do that again. Do that with him. I kind of want a uh, Rogue One <laughs> Rebellion flying spaceship into his podcast with that beer. <laughs> okay. Doing a trench run. I understand. Yeah. Uh, Just like hammerhead into him. <laughs> that was such a cool scene. That oh, was so good. good. But what else is good, Paul? Uh, again, this is a beer that might be tied into a moment. And this is a beer that uh, was given to me by uh, John, one of my, my best friends, uh, at his engagement party, or his uh, rehearsal dinner party. And this is Nimble Giant by Trogs. <laughs> a delicious beer paired... Was this the one that came in the can? Yeah. Yes. It's okay, a delicious yeah, pair was... uh, beer paired with a very delicious moment. It's... What a beautiful... You know, uh, Johnny got married this year. I, had I forgot a lot, about that. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I'm so happy that you p- helped... You, know, you picked me to stand up at your wedding. Uh, I'm so happy that you still... you, you I'm an asshole on this podcast <laughs> that hates everything. I'm just so glad that you still enjoy me enough to, you know, make me part of that day. And not only that, you you, you said, you know, this is a special moment for me, a special moment for my friends. I'm going to have a very special beer. And that you did. Special beer. And that was a very special <laughs> beer. The Trugs Nimble Giant. Uh, I got to share with you and Chris. We were together again, which, you know, happens very rarely now. Uh, I mean, we're sad. friends, but I I still don't know why you share that with us. <laughs> uh, I th- I second think that every time. No, it was an easy decision because <laughs> and you're at KBS. Yes, I, mean, a... I know you had so much. <laughs> I I still like. I look in my fridge. And I'm like, man, I have so much KBS. Uh, it was a beer that I picked up. Um, I didn't think we were actually going to get. I thought it was sold out everywhere, and I found a four pack, and I. I opened it up and I drank it the night that I got it mm-hmm. and was just like, oh my god, this is so such good. a good beer. And I think I teased you guys by saying, I'm going to open one can and we'll split it. Because mm-hmm. it was a tall boy slammer can. Uh, but when we came to the rehearsal dinner, I op- I gave them to each of you all. I said, let's open these. Let's mm-hmm. enjoy these. Uh, yeah, that's a beer that still haunts me. That Every once in a while I go... <laughs> Oh, I could really go for that yeah. beer. And that's a beer that I, I'm going to try to buy the shit out of when it comes back. When we said we were doing beer, this was my number one pick, straight with a bullet. Like, there was no comparison. It was Nimble Giant. It, it You know, that moment, it's a great beer made better because See, of that but, moment together. Yeah. With, you know, it was it, with us It as got friends. overshadowed by my wedding that I forgot <laughs> about it. And, man, it... It was just so cool. We were there. We, you know, swimming in the pool. We're talking to, to everybody about, you know, the, you know, making sure that we had, you know, with everybody else standing in the wedding, making sure we had our speeches ready, and we made a whirlpool. We, we made, made a whirlpool. Uh, I had a lot of fun, and that beer just like capped the night. And, yeah. uh, 2017, good fucking luck. <laughs> like because that beer, uh, with that moment, like. Oh, you know, it's it's once in a lifetime that yeah. you know that that's going to happen, and 
Uh, I am so happy that you you had me part of it. So thank you, John. Of course, of course. And thank you, uh, thank you for that beer. I was <laughs> yeah. an invisible giant. The trucks. I wish I had more of it. Uh, like John, said, good luck picking a better beer. Uh, I think I think I might have it beat. No, you don't. Uh, Chris, Beautiful your giant. number one beer. I, d- I did my number one. Yeah. Oh, so oh. Uh, this is a beer that we had fresh, and we said, ugh, why would anybody drink this? Then we passed it over for three years. This is the 2013 Dogfish 120. <laughs> Uh, this is the beer that said, yeah, I'll spend $40 on a four-pack of beer <laughs> and put it in my cellar because I need it to get to the 2013 quality again. Uh, like licking an envelope. Oh, my gosh. So good. <laughs> now, remember, Paul, in any time I sell this beer and people are like, oh, I don't know, I go, my friend absolutely loves his wife but he declared in front of everyone the last thing to touch his lips before he dies is that beer is that beer it is it's true (laughs) and i think for all the money that we've spent on beer Mm -hmm. it is in some ways hard to justify the prices that we spend 50-50 50-50 being one of those. $50 yeah. for two bomber bottles. That was 75 bucks spent that we've on had. this beer. And, and, 75, and like only one of those bottles mm-hmm. worth it. When I, when I put that bottle in the basement, mm-hmm. and we had the other one, uh, $24 mm-hmm. for the two bottles, $12 each. We passed over for three years that Dogfish 120. Mm-hmm. When we had it, Three years later, worth the price. Yeah. Worth a $40 four-pack. It is definitely something that, yes, it is an investment. But when you age it and you get it to the right point, it is worth that money back in flavor. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> I have a bottle in my basement right now, electrical taped. Just waiting. Do not open until I'm dying. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little note. Little note. Mm-hmm. That's the one. Uh, next this year when it comes out, that's the one I will drink three years from now. Just wait till I just cram that down your throat. And people are like, what are you doing to him? It's what he wants. <laughs> this is what I want. I will. Much like they, in human centipede, they, they have that bottle though. Split it. Oh yeah, um, like he's the not final getting episode it. Begging board. He's not getting it all. <laughs> Much like in human centipede, where the, you should just drown <laughs> no, yourself. Bring up human centipede again. <laughs> you should just drown your. If you're dying, you should just you know, drown yourself with one twenty. Uh, <laughs> Chris, favorite brewery of the year. All right. Um. This is going to be kind of a, hey, stick with me on this one, because it's a brewery that I haven't had in about a year. Hmm. Uh, But this is going to be New Holland Brewing. And if that sounds familiar, it's because we went there on beercation, and you guys came up to visit me at uh, Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. Uh, We went to the brew pub there. New Holland has a lot of fantastic beers. Their Dragon's Milk Stout is a bourbon barrel-aged stout that they offer year-round. Like, they don't mm-hmm. even say, like, oh, this is a seasonal or annual release. Like, year-round, you can get that beer. Like, it's one of their, like, premier marquee beers. Um, 
you listed Ichabod as one of your favorite pumpkin beers mm-hmm. that year that we did, like the pumpkin roundup. I don't remember what we called it at that time, uh, but just for our seasonal, like, hey, we're going to drink all of these, like, pumpkin yam beers. Like, you put Ichabod up at the top. Everything else that they offer is fantastic. They also have a distillery where they make their own alcohol. Um, their beer barrel bourbon was kind of one of my go-tos. It's just very nice to drink. Also great for cooking with. Um, also reasonably priced where you can get like a jug of it for like, I think it was like 30 bucks and that jug lasts. Um, New Holland Brewing was actually just bought out by the Pabst Brewing Company. They, they weren't bought out. They entered into a distribution agreement. Where Which I feel Pabst, like is a nice way of saying they got bought out because yeah. they got added to the uh, Pabst Brewing Company uh, distribution footprint, which mm-hmm. I'm hoping means that I can once again finally just have New Holland Brewing's just wonderful assortment of beers available to me down here in Orlando. Because um, their oatmeal stout, the Poet, is great. They have a series of IPAs, um, the Hatter series, which is made using all ingredients from Michigan. The the Pilgrim's Dole was a wheat wine that we absolutely that loved really when good. we had it on the show. Um, Carhartt Woodsman was another one that we I had. I like Carhartt. Really that enjoyed. was like, really good. All their beers are great. If for any reason you are ever in like Michigan, Western Side, just find where New Holland Brewing is. Go there. Drink everything that they have because they do have special pub-only releases. The food there is fantastic. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite breweries. Um, I, I went with them because, yes, hopefully now I can actually find their stuff. <laughs> and also because I kind of went against my new beers resolution that I made last year. I haven't been to any breweries here in Orlando yet. Um, it's not something that's like readily available as it was in Grand Rapids or even in Buffalo with everything popping up. The brewing culture here in Orlando still isn't as prevalent. Hmm. There's a brew pub down the street from me that I've been to a couple times now where they're like their beer's really good for what for that what place is. is. Um, it's a restaurant that just happens to have like a room full of tanks that they make beer. Like it's it's great. I wouldn't put it above anything that you could get at somewhere like Pearl Street in Buffalo. Oh wow, um, low bar, it, it, low bar. But it's still like, what do you think? Like wow, this beer's being brewed like mm-hmm. fifty feet away from where I'm getting my flatbread pizza. Like it's it's really good, but compared to some of the other stuff that I've had at a brewery mm-hmm. it's just no question and I mean I've been spoiled being so close to places like Founders and Hamburg Brewing Company yeah I, mm-hmm. I realize that and I mean of course it's still better than anything I could do but New Holland is kind of one of those it's a special place because I could get their beers anytime I wanted and then it may have been like I think it was like 45, 50 minutes away from me. So I didn't get there often. I only went to that brewing place like twice. And once was with you guys on beercation. And it was just a great experience. And I their beers are fantastic. I can't wait for the off chance that maybe I can get them down here. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I actually, the other day, a gentleman was walking in my department with a New Holland shirt on. I and I went... Like- New Holland, like I saw that, and I my face lit up. <laughs> and, so good. And we were just talking, and he's like, "Yeah, we used to live really close to that. Now I live in Buffalo. I haven't found anything to equal New yeah. Holland." And I was like, "Yeah, you're 
you're not good at like, <laughs> I, I, I completely get that and can can understand that because man southern tier is the closest that you're going to get yeah. and they don't do the limited releases yeah. like new holland does uh yeah and uh but you know i had that conversation with that guy and yeah new holland being able to get their beers paul and i actually had a deep discussion about driving yeah when one of the uh varieties of dragon milk was because they released one released. a different one each quarter yeah. We were going. We were talking about driving, and mm-hmm. Paul's always they like, did like a lemon raspberry one, like last quarter. Yeah. And I was like, that that shouldn't be a thing, but thank you for making it. Uh, that's, but, that's almost like rogue territory. Like mm-hmm. we have these conversations, like where we're like, so we're going to do this. I think we're going to do this. Should we do this? I think we should do this. And then Paul's always like, are we going to do this? And I'm like, no, I forgot about it. I have other <laughs> things I'm doing. I'm sorry. I know. Just need to pull the trigger. I do. Like that voodoo brewing. I know. I have a lot more vacation days now. <laughs> there you go. Where I can be like, I gotta go. Hey, 2017, I'll have a lot of vacation days. Hey, uh, <laughs> AKA laid off. Uh, and Chris, I do want to say, like, from when we were down there in October and we were trying to find, like, breweries and stuff in Orlando, uh, there are a ton going on now. Uh, Dead Lizard Brewing, Ten Ten Brewing. Doesn't mean they're good. Broken Cauldron. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like the places that are here, I I haven't heard anything about, and it's not like you can actually find them on tap places. So I'm uh, a little bit. C- I don't want to say hesitant, but like it's kind of like eh. Yeah. Sea uh, Dog opened a place up down there. Um, Sea Dog Sea Dogs is actually right outside of Disney Springs. Like it's right. In the plaza, like slash shopping center, across from the uh, one entrance to Disney Springs. So I'm uh, I'm okay with going there and checking it out. But I just haven't been there yet. I'm okay with getting drunk out of my mind on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I just Friday going into Friday, the half marathon. I need. Drink? I want to be ready. Yeah, I'm. Like, well, I mean, Crallo. Fr- Friday afternoon, like we could go to Sea Dog because it's yeah. on Disney well, property almost. Well, we don't fly in until like three o'clock, and we got to pick up oh. the packets and everything. Yeah, we'll okay. figure it yeah, out. Right. Yeah, uh, the beer that I was the brewery I was looking forward to getting more into in 2016 was actually Heavy Seas, because <laughs> that was a brewery that we didn't like, and then we tried a couple in 2015, and I'm they're like, like, oh, okay, hit and miss brewery. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I should try more of them, and I bought all of one beer that we still have not opened up, and that's the collaboration because Chris talked the about collaborations it. were pretty good. Um, and uh, so this year I'm looking forward to more Ballast Point because uh, I've yeah. been we've actually had uh, quite a few Ballast Point this year, and I still think they're relatively new. They're a little bit high on the price point. I think they're too too expensive for what you're getting. And you know, but the peppermint the pineapple sculpin's really good. I love that one. Uh, John loves just the regular Sculpin. He's like, why bother with anything else? I, I, regular Sculpin, probably one of the number one IPAs you can get regularly. The Peppermint Victory at Sea is very good. Toast of Coconut just came out. Yep. they have, uh, Over at Rusty, not Rusty's Nickel, but uh, Ebenezer Ale House, they had like three different Victories at Seas on tap. Uh, each of the different varieties during this past two or three weeks for like Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was like their Christmas varieties. Um, and I'm like, ooh, I should try each one of these. But they charge you like three bucks for a taste, which was kind of weird now. Or the, the flights start at like, 
yeah, high which ammo. makes sense for uh, I mean it's an imper- like those yeah. are an imperial porter mm-hmm. you're not just going to give somebody a taste when you can sell somebody a taste yeah yeah so I didn't try it out but yeah the heavy seas um like I'm upset that I didn't try more of them no not they're really. harder to come by too they're yeah. not just actively out there you have to seek them mm-hmm. out. Ballast Point, I think, is a brewery that I can actually really stick to trying out more of because I think they release a lot and they're available in this area quite a bit. So, uh, in my brewery is actually the Woodcock Brothers, hmm. uh, the from Wilson, the historic Wilson, New York. <laughs> they are the XPA really put them on the radar. I've gone to their brew pub uh, four times now. Mm-hmm. Um, one to get XPA uh, 8.0. Um, and now they've just added a canning line. They've they're rebranding everything across the board, and you're going to be seeing four of their beers in stores regularly, hmm. um, locally. Yeah, Not. locally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. We do have locally, listeners locally, but a regular internationally regularly uh, uh, in our area. We are an international Which, phenomenon. Uh, is, is a smaller brewery that's really been hitting the mark, especially on the XPA mm-hmm. uh, Hoppy Cock. They just did a big uh, barrel release of two of their beers, an orange chocolate stout and their Christmas um, their Christmas beer. Mm. Um, definitely something I'm going to keep my eye on. I'm going to continue to buy the XPAs. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to be doing in the next year. And then we hope that you're looking forward to what we'll be doing in the next year. Uh, you can follow us over on our Facebook page, of course. Uh, that is facebook.com slash bagnaboard, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Just do a search for us. Uh, follow us, you know, like us, review us over on the iTunes. We always enjoy those. I haven't checked that in forever. I will next time. And... I will read any ratings and reviews we get over on iTunes we, on the show. We always read them on the show. Sometimes we make Paul read them a couple times and do voices. Mm-hmm. And uh, Instagram, I'm sure we're on Instagram. Uh, it hasn't been used in a while, but yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we're on uh, the Tittygram as well. Tittygram? Well. <laughs> yeah, Tittygram. I wish there was a Tittygram. <laughs> No, Teddy. Oh, I thought you said Titty. No, no. Like, I said, man, now was if there was a service that I just got <laughs> random boobs throughout the day sent to me, love it. Pretty sure that's Instagram. <laughs> but uh, no, Teddygram as in like the little Grand Cracker uh, Teddygrams. Those are delicious and great. And other things on social medias, Twitter. Yeah, so and check back next week when we'll be doing Look Forward. And we'll yes. be all together again. Hey, Roadshow. Mm-hmm.